Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Brought to you exclusively on KISS FM by J. Michael. Fashion for everyone. Good morning, Sandy. Hey, good morning, Blake and Aaron. How are you guys doing? Uh, Happy Monday. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you have for us on this Monday morning? So, in a bit of an unusual twist that has a lot of people asking more questions than they have answers for, the Miss Universe Committee has taken over the franchise of Miss Universe Cayman Islands. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, what does that mean? Good. Well, I don't know. I mean, the same committee that basically screwed up is the committee that somehow won a bid to take it over from government, to take over the franchise from government. So and the, um, the international committee? No, the local committee. Oh, the local committee. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we have a few questions about that. We've put some questions to the government. We'll see if they come back with any answers. And are there new people on this committee? That, that would... Nope. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what we're saying. So then who, now the government's not going to pay money into it, though? Well, we hope not, because it is possible for government to support NPOs, which this would probably be considered, believe it or not. So it could still be a roundaway way of government actually still supporting the pageant. Hmm. Hmm. Why not support uh, the yeah. Miss World pageant? That's a good pageant. Um, I that's know cool. that they have put in a request for government to do so, and it's being considered. Yeah, that's one that uh, all of DMS Broadcasting supports, mm-hmm. for sure, as a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Silicon Valley is having some issues, in case you guys have not been paying attention to the international front. We've heard. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit collapse. Yeah. Um, so the um, U.S. has closed. Um, it's the largest bank failure in over a decade. And then on yesterday, regulators actually closed a second bank yeah. as they tried to contain the fallout from the situation and protect deposits and clients. So the Federal Reserve and Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation unveiled a plan to contain this fallout and uh, said that taxpayers would not bear the cost. Ooh, it's quite an interesting story, and we're continuing to follow it. I'm sure um, it has connections and um, ripple effects through the Cayman Islands. I heard oh, some, heard some things over the weekend just about, you know, mm-hmm. money being moved and whatnot, yeah. people being a little yeah. nervous. Yeah, so, listen, anything in financial banking, services, yeah. anything yeah. in financial services definitely has a high uh, potential of having some sort of a ripple effect here. By the way, sure. I've if you sell things on Pinterest and eBay, that, that affects uh, those sellers as well as far as getting... Mm-hmm your money from potential buyers because they ah. used SVB. Yeah, so. even even Roku um, had $500 million in there. Wow. And so they could be directly impacted as well. So if you guys use Roku devices, there you go. So um, Honduras has, end, has um, ended a ban, or ends a ban, my apologies, on emergency contraception. So this is quite interesting. First female president making some waves. So President of Honduras, Xiomara Castro, has announced as of last week that her government will lift its near total ban and the emergency contraception uh, pill in the Catholic nation. And you know, this is a really, really big deal. Hmm. Um, It was bill, it was, sorry, banned um, for sale back in 2009, as people argued, I guess, that the emergency contraception would cause abortions. However, Castro said that the announcement uh, she made the announcement on International Women's Day and said that the World Health Organization says the pill is not abortive. So um, there you have it. Bit of interesting news. And another sort of regional news, I'm not sure if you guys have been following this really, really bizarre case, but 
There were some Americans who went to Mexico recently for some cosmetic procedures. Unfortunately, they were kidnapped and mm-hmm. two out of four of them were killed. Well, over the weekend, <clears throat> the uh, cartel responsible for this issued an apology. Yeah. Well, they yeah, I think they did, they did that on, on Friday. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they issued an apology letter and then they handed over who they say are five yeah. of the persons responsible for the kidnapping. Yep. So, kind of interesting. That, yeah, those the- are those are some of your news headlines. By the way, today's Youth Parliament Day, so please tune in. Um, you get to hear our young people arguing. They're going to be looking at transportation in the Cayman Islands. And one of their suggestions, which is raising a lot of eyebrows, is what they are calling a um, progressive income tax system in the Cayman Islands. Mm. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, check it out on Sandy right now on Bobo 89.1 FM. We'll see you tomorrow, Sandy. Thanks very much. All right, good morning, everyone. Happy Monday. Bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder. The cold hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea. And committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, older, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've come to set the record I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold hard truth Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman Live direct it's the cold hard truth now now join the conversation on 345-936-2626 that number again is Good morning, beautiful people. Rise and shine. Let's wake up. Let's get it. How are you guys doing today? Happy Monday. You know what happens when we can't wake up around here? I got to play this song for you guys. This is so hilarious and so funny. Um, Hold on. Hold on. Let me get it for you. I'm going to tell you guys about this. I'm going to see if I'm going to see if Alexa's awake this morning. And my apologies if I wake up any of your devices, but here we go. Um, Alexa? Is she waking? Play you the wake up song. Here we go. Alexa, volume up. Are you going to turn the volume? Yes. How many of you? How many of you guys know the wake up song? Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> Jump out of bed. Open your eyes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Does anybody know this song? Alexa, pause. (laughs) 
Does anybody know the wake up song? Am I the only crazy parent who has to play this in the morning to get people up and going? Everybody wake up, wake up. Yeah, it's so funny. I love it. It's called the wake up song. Everybody wake up. Um, for kids, Lisa Loeb, I love her. She has a lot of fun stuff. Let's play it one more time. I think y'all will still awake. Ready? Wake up. Here we go. Gotta play that horn. Everybody wake up. Everybody wake up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> oh my gosh. You understand if you're a parent how rough it is on Monday mornings to kind of get the juices flowing again. Somebody said they didn't hear that. What? Y'all didn't hear the wake up song? What do you mean you didn't hear the wake up song? Are you kidding me? Well, you know that means I'm gonna have to play it again. <laughs> How could you not have heard the wake up song? Did anybody else hear it? Or was it, was it just in my head? What on earth? Um, let me see now, let me see now. I want y'all to feel the wake up vibe this morning. I'm gonna play it direct through the stream. Hold on, hold on. This is this is the struggle from parents, I'm telling y'all. Every morning, we gotta go through a little bit of this, but Monday mornings in particular are an extra struggle. After the weekend, you know, you go through the flow of, yeah, you can sleep in whatever. Mm-hmm, honey gel. Then all of a sudden, ugh, Mondays are like, Lord. Can we get up? I don't know. It's kind of rough, kind of rough. All right, hold on. Let me see if I can find it because y'all claiming you never heard my wake up song. Um, hmm. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Oh, I see what I just did there. All right, one second, one second. This is the vibe. This is the vibe. Oh no, extract audio. Yes, here we go. Y'all ready for my wake up song? I need to save this in here, I think, going forward so that we can make sure that we are ready like Freddie in the mornings. All right, let me see. Now, where did, where did I save it exactly? <laughs> oh, like I said, you gotta wake up. Gotta wake up, wake up in the mornings, wake up. Hmm. Where's that folder? So strange. Hold on a second. Let me see where it actually saved it. Everybody wake up. Wake up. It is. Oh, I see where it put it. Duh. Tell you. You need something to get you woke in the morning. Still sleeping around here. Totally. All right. Here we go. Here we go. You guys ready this time? I feel like you need to get up. Do a couple jumping jacks. Get the blood flowing. Here it is. Ready? Make sure we... Yes. My beat's off a little bit. Everybody wake up. Wake up. Wake up. wake up. wake up. Open your eyes. <laughs> Jump out of bed. 
open your eyes, jump out of bed. If you're on the bottom bunk, don't bump your head. Everybody wake up. Wake up. Everybody wake up. Wake up. Everybody wake oh up. Oh my gosh, Alejandra says this little shoes. one's been up from six o'clock in the morning. Find your sock. <laughs> Good. Find your shoes, find your other sock. Don't hit the snooze on your alarm clock. Oh, it's hard not to hit the snooze on a Monday morning. Everybody wake up, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Everybody wake up. Wake up. Everybody wake up. Wake up. Toothbrush. Toothpaste. Toothbrush. Oh, yeah. Your face. Your face. Roll out. Sound off. It's time to get up. You gotta get up. It's time to get up this morning. Yes, there it is. Wake up song. Everybody wake up. Oh gosh, let me stop it. It's going to keep playing. Oh my goodness. Y'all awake now? Are you really awake now? You're like, yes, Sandy, we are finally awake. Hello. Johan says, I hope Gigi has a sense of rhythm <laughs> from her pockets. Auntie Sandy lacking this morning. Ooh, honey, chill. I do not pretend to have any rhythm. I don't pretend to have any um, vocal capability. When I used to try to sing in the shower, my dogs would howl along with me. I think that's an indication of exactly how bad it was. But guess what? I still don't care. I'll still be singing down the place. <laughs> I used to remember how annoyed I'd get with my aunt because she couldn't carry tune either. And boy, she used to love to sing her some, some Christian songs and geez, some peace. I'd be like, oh, God, Aunt Lottie, please. Oh, I'm trying to remember one of her, um, one of her all-time favorites. It'll come back to me. Um, um, something about doing the right thing and shunning the devil or something. And it was always off key. And I was like, Lord Jesus, clearly you didn't give all the same gifts to everybody, but I guess that's what makes the world interesting. So no, he didn't, he didn't really gift me with that. Although I kind of feel like, you know, in my younger days, if I were, if I were more dedicated to the arts, you know, more exposure and dedication, y'all need to read the outliners by Malcolm. And, uh, you know, it's all about exposure, really. What you get exposed to is what you can absorb and, and pick up. And, you know, who knows? I, I could have been a um, Andrea Bocelli singing all kind of songs. All right. Wake up. Morning, Cindy. Good morning, Siobhan. Johan is in the house. We're going to talk a little bit of politics this morning. Aliano, Marshall, John, Joy. Miss Karen is here. Alejandro says his little one was up bright and early. Yes, get her up, honey chill. Um, Anthony says, I did not. Did not what? Oh, you didn't hear it. Uh oh, well, I'm glad I played it a second time. Because clearly, clearly, y'all needed to hear. Everybody wake up, wake up. Just in case. Not listen, the songs that can get stuck in your head. Uh, Miss Vanita, good morning. KK, hello. Uh, we still get to that fiasco over the United States of America, but you better remember now lots of things happen all over the world, have a trickle down effect. Trick, 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 right here in the Cayman Islands. First Lady JN, what's up? Ooh, Alejandra, I need to get you a CMR mark. I think after Friday's episode, you have earned it, honey. Chow. Ooh, Alejandro's trying to hold his own. <laughs> Somebody messaged me and they're like, girl, I would hate to have to debate you. They said, if you were in my debate team in high school, I would have dropped out. 
I was like, what? No, I wasn't the debate team though. <laughs> Big shout out to our young parliamentarians who this morning will be getting some experience debating, by the way. And they're going to talk about the public transport system. Now, some of y'all are raising a very big eyebrow because they've suggested one of the things that one of the groups will be arguing in favor of. You know, they, they sit on the opposite sides of parliament and they argue. So one of the things that they're going to be arguing about is um, what they're calling a progressive uh, income tax. Is that what they said? Now, y'all like, what the hell? What is a progressive income tax system in the Cayman Islands? Well, I think I know what it is, but I think the best way to find out is to simply tune in. Chuck, can we play some of the um, parliamentary segment this morning? Um, I think they get started, hopefully on time. <laughs> ah. So we'll see if we can play some of that today for your listening pleasure as soon as they get started. But yes, I think what they mean is the same thing, but that Mr. Mickey from West Bay has been talking about for at least 50 years. Mr. Mickey said, y'all can say whatever you want, but eventually you will pay taxes in the Cayman Islands. It is the way of the world. He's like, there's no place in the world that can offer you a continued, sustainable, you know, decent way of living without taxes. Well, I look around, I see people paying taxes who don't even have a decent standard of living. Those poor people in Jamaica, what taxes do y'all pay in Jamaica? You pay taxes on goods. Um, what is it called there? Do you pay income tax as well? And there's land and property tax. Now, mind you, we do not live in a tax-free jurisdiction. If, if you believe that, well, I got about um, 1,000 acres in Georgetown Central to sell you for about mm, $50 million. And the acreage is in the sky. Link me if you believe that we don't pay any taxes. We have indirect taxation. Nobody wants to call it a tax. But duty is another fancy word or an alternative word for tax. So we get taxed a lot, actually. Mm -hmm. We get taxed when you got to buy land. Hello, honey child. Uh, Karen says uh, to get the tea. Oh, yes. Can I tell you? Um, I'm waiting on some more mugs. I I've been trying out a couple different designs. So finally, I have one that is going to have the honey child on it. Oh, I'm still looking forward to that one. Hopefully, I'm going to get them today. Hint, hint to the person who's working on it for me. Um, they're just not lasting. I should tell you, they go so quickly. But I'm just doing small orders to kind of fill a gap until I can put a big order together. But have a look at this. Let me, send, let me show you all something. Let me show you a little something, something, something. Hello. Good morning. Uh, let me see now. So we are in March, yes. Okay, so this is what this is what we're looking at. Look at this. Yes, honey chill. Oh, I need to take my other banner down. Hold on. Everybody wake up, wake up. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Ta-da! Honey chill. What's up? Oh my gosh, cute, right? So that's what the new mugs are gonna be looking like, the newest rollout. And then we're gonna have the cold hard truth on one side and then honey chow on the next side. So get your honey chow mug. Ooh yeah, why not? Um, Jim, 
Oh my gosh, that must have been painful for you guys to just hear me. I thought I had a little background music there that y'all could hear and what a hot mess. Sorry for your ears so early this Monday morning, but I bet you that woke you up. <laughs> oh my goodness. Miss Iva's here, beautiful Daisy. Daisy, I have not seen you in a minute. How are you, girlfriend? Cindy's in the house. Siobhan says, how do I get my mug? Um, so, so Siobhan, how did you hear all of them and nobody else did? Don't worry, I'm going to hook you up with the mug. Um, I hope to be able to get one for everybody. Good morning, Paul. Darlene says, I too believe it's coming in terms of income tax. Alejandro says, look at Dubai, tax-free and more successful. Oh, but Dubai also has oil. They get the rich, super ultra chic rich over there that can drive around and, um, you know, oh my gosh, their wealth is so excessive. But, you know, not everybody in Dubai lives that quality of life. You'd be very, very surprised what the poor Filipino workers and other Asian workers are going through in Dubai. They commit suicide at an alarming rate every single week. People are killing themselves there because their living condition is so poor. Beyond even what people hear. I mean, like poor, poor, poor. Living in squalor and ugh, and being mistreated by the sheiks and whoever else is in their entourage. Mm, mm, mm. Richard says the cost of living is already expensive. Don't even mention it. I know what you mean, Richard. I'm feeling you. So don't say anything about my crazy hair today because I got to tell you all. Last night I was doing the most. I had all kind of ideas. Um, oh, my ears just went numb. Like you know when you can't really hear yourself. I a little echo in this ear. I think I need somebody to do a, a chiropractic adjustment. But you know when um when you feel a little bit motivated. So last night I was motivated to try to do something with my hair. It never worked out. I was gonna put those little spiral curlers. I did like two, and my daughter was like. This morning, when the first question is like, what, what happened to your hair last night with that thing, that green thing? I was like, Ugh. I said, don't ask because it didn't really work out. But I did one little Chinese bump curl. Now, if you don't know what a Chinese bump curl is, just go look it up, honey child. It's basically where you take the hair and you just twist it and you twist around. But then I realized I didn't have any bobby pins to like hold it in place. <laughs> like I could get natural curls just by doing that every night, literally Chinese bumping it. And then wake up in the morning, take it out. So that's why I have a little bit of a curl on this side. Because the one Chinese bump that stayed in was on this side. I will do better. Hello, Tracy from New Zealand. How are you guys doing? I know you guys have got hit by a storm recently. Dory is in the house. The beautiful Dory. Dory, can I just tell you, you are so gorgeous. I think you're, every single time I see you post a selfie on Facebook or whatever, I'm like, God gifted you with some real beauty, girl. You have got a beautiful face. I love the short haircut. I mean, it is just gorgeous. For real. You're beautiful. Okay? All right. Yeah, I love it. I love every picture you put up, girl. Dory says she loves the mud. Uh, Jonathan says you look like you're excited for tax. Jonathan, keep puffing. Please keep puffing because you, 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 <laughs> Jonathan's always like, I'm making fun of him and his marijuana. Whew. You, you misread a lot of things. So I don't, I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm just excited about being alive this morning. Can I tell you? It's a beautiful day. 
to be alive in the Cayman Islands. And if that does not make you excited, then I don't know what I don't know what to tell you. Can we look at Dory for a minute? Can we just big up Dory this morning? Dory's gonna be like, Sandy, what the hell are you doing? But I just love all the pictures that you share. Thank you very much for brightening my day. Look, yeah. Look at how pretty she is. I mean, look at that. Not everybody can rock a a short do. But look at her. Look at that. Oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. Oh, look, look, hello, right? Is she not gorgeous? Caymanian women are some of the most beautiful women in the world. All shapes and sizes and, you know, color. And now she's rocking the braids and the little, what do you call the little things that you have there in the front? The little, um, oh gosh, what's what's the little thing do you, when you, the baby hairs, what are they called? They have a proper name that I can never remember. I mean, so cute. Look at that, right? Is she not gorgeous? Yes, honey, chill. Oh, look at the black and white photo. Edges. Yeah, she's a little edges. Right? Everybody's big her up this morning. Everybody's like, oh my God, she is so gorgeous. See, I didn't think I was crazy. She is beautiful. Oh, so gorgeous. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Edges. You're most welcome. Everton is in the house. Uh, Amir says, if income tax comes to the Cayman Islands, we'll see the largest migration from the islands in history. Mm. It might lead to an economic collapse for the nation because of mortgages, housing, blah, blah, blah. Well, hello, honey child. Oh, Jim says you're stunningly beautiful. I agree. Um, well, I mean, look at it this way. Places are collapsing, banks are collapsing, and they actually pay taxes. So, yeah. I was trying to understand the collapse, which we're going to come to here in a second myself, um, because it did have me a little bit puzzled, but what a hot mess that is. So Monday Rewind, you guys know how we do it here on a Monday. We like to go over what happened over the weekend, and I share a little bit of personal stuff with you guys. Some of y'all really enjoy the personal nuggets. Thank you for giving me that feedback. I don't share everything because I think, you know, some of your life must be private. Hello. However... It's a Monday. Happy Monday. Time for Monday Rewind. <laughs> the Cold Heart Troops Monday Rewind show recaps the weekend's news and events so you don't miss a beat. Don't miss out. All the weekend's source, news, gossip, and well, it wouldn't be a weekend recap show without traffic accidents, too. Cayman Marl Road is Cayman's number one news source and has the island's hottest morning talk show. It's the hottest. Make sure you don't miss a beat with Monday Rewind. Rewind. Tune in every Monday from 7.30 a.m. on both YouTube and Facebook. All right, folks, let's get to Monday Rewind. So we normally start with Friday after the show. So what did I do on Friday? So um, I think you guys know on Thursday, was that Thursday or Friday? That was Friday. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, that was Friday. <laughs> um, I went to the weigh-in down by Georgetown Yacht Club and uh, enjoyed uh, seeing all the boats come in for the BK Big Fish. So that was pretty exciting. Lots of, um, you know, 
lots of boats. I mean, they were out there fishing, catching a little bit of fish. If you missed it, we actually did a live stream on Facebook. So do go and check that out. So they had three days of fishing, 92 boats registered, which was actually a record, highest number of boats ever registered. And then um, we had some... Uh, um, what do you call it? Weighing in, measuring of the fish. Now I want to mention because some of y'all were like, "Oh, those poor fish." Y'all, y'all eat fish, right? I mean, you know, I get the sense about not overfishing, but y'all do eat fish out of the ocean. That's where they come from, and so they actually had a um, minimum weight requirement as well. So if fish were under a certain limit, it was catch and release. So I think the guys in the boat. <clears throat> obviously had access to, um, you know, a, uh, what do you call it? They had access to a scale and they could weigh it. And if it didn't meet the minimum requirement, they threw it back in. So, um, yeah, there was that. So that was nice. Um, Gigi finally got her UK passport. Yay me. <laughs> uh, what can I say? Except, um, you know, it's, it's hello. It's, um, it, it is what it is. I mean, uh, it expired last year and it took me a minute to get around to finally finding the time to sit down and renew it. It's mostly online, but then you have to send in copies of everything, all your documents. And then they came back and said, oh, we need proof of address for her. And I'm like, how do you prove where a six-year-old lives? So we ended up getting a school letter and apparently that was acceptable. And then I had to send proof of address myself. I think I sent them a bill or something. Oh, copy the driver's license. Yeah. So anyway, um, that was that was fantastic. And um, yeah, finally got it. The big shout out to the DHL guy because I was so busy on, um, originally it was supposed to be delivered today, but it, it got in a little bit early. And so I signed up for the online alerts and DHL alerted me that it's out for delivery. And I said, well, let me try and call. But oh, try you ever tried calling FedEx, DHL, any of these local carriers that have like an international connection? You never reach a real person. But you know, this is K-Man, honey, chill. So all I had to do was send out a WhatsApp message. And I said, I need to reach DHL locally, please. And they gave me people, my contact list, gave me um, phone numbers for the drivers. And lo and behold, the first driver I contacted was the one who actually had my package. So I said, young man, I'm really busy today, but I'm already in town for the day because he was out east doing his deliveries. So I'm like, I'm not at home, but just message me when you're back in town. He actually brought it directly to Georgetown Yacht Club for me and handed it to me as I was doing the live stream. Big shout out to that young man. Appreciate your service. Um, so yeah, passport all sorted now for at least five years. Praise the Lord. Don't forget, somebody reminded me over the weekend, and I thought this was really uh, something worth mentioning, right? So do not forget that if you have a UK passport and you travel to the United States of America on your UK passport, which I think a lot of us do, that you still should probably get a waiver. Keep your Cayman passport for sure. But you should probably still get not a waiver, but a visa in your Cayman passport. Because remember, if you're in an emergency situation and you need to be air ambulance out of here, you can't travel on the UK passport. Big shout out to Kevin Watler for reminding me of that. Because I know we'd had this discussion years ago, and then I myself forgot about it. And I've never had a U.S. visa, because remember, I used to live in the States. Um, so I've never had a U.S. visa, but I think I'm going to get one. And I think I need to get one for my daughter. And I'm told that for children, 
Um, you don't actually have to um, make an appointment with them. You do everything online and theirs can be approved in that manner. But heaven forbid there's an emergency. Now you can get an emergency waiver, but that takes a couple hours. So if something happens in the middle of the night and they need to air ambulance you out of here, honey child, just have it ready in your passport. And always make sure that people, especially if you live by yourself or whatever, you know, make sure that people know where your passport and important documents are kept in your home. So if something happens to you, you know, those people can get the important people in your life know exactly how to um, get to those documents. So that's just a little FYI. Yeah, so we did that Friday, got her passport all sorted. And now on my to-do list, will definitely be um, getting that, uh, that, you know, the, what do you call them again? What did I just tell you? The visas sorted out. And my passport and her passport. Marlon's good. He got Jamaican passport, honey, child, and he got his visa. So, um, yep. And then Saturday, what did I do Saturday? Oh, yeah, Saturday, which is, oh, honey, child, what did I do Saturday? So Saturday morning, I had to get up early, bright and early. And I took Gigi with me because Marlon's been under the weather. So he's had some kind of cold, you know, this thing that's been going around. And we're up in here like, don't give it to us again. We've already had it. So I went to Health City to do my um, A1C test every three months now. I'm testing this number to see how it's going. So I'm supposed to get results today at three o'clock. Wish me luck. I have been doing my intermittent fasting thing and I've been trying to Slowly make some improvements along the way, honey. Chill. Mm -mm -mm. So I'm doing the 16-8 for intermittent fasting. So what that means is 16 hours out of the day, um, intermittent fasting. I'm going to share some. I'm actually going to try to get someone like an intermittent fasting expert, a physician on the show. And we're going to talk about this. There's a few people in the States that are really, really good. And fingers crossed, I can get them. I can hook up a guest, um, a parent's. But, um, so yeah, I'm doing the 16, eight thing. I haven't stepped on the scale yet. It, it's not even been a month, right? So I'm going to give myself a little bit of time. However, other people have been looking at me. I went by Miss Elrita yesterday. Big shout out to Miss Elrita. She's got a birthday coming up and, um, she saw me and she's like, Oh, Sandy, you look like you've lost a lot of weight. And I'm like, I do. Hmm. I don't think I've lost a lot of pounds, but I think, I am losing inches. So I think the 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 fat tummy, the Santa Claus tummy has probably gone down a little bit. And um, yeah, and I mean, inches are important. You know, it's not just a scale, but the inches are very, very important. So that was Saturday. I did um, that. I took a nap on Saturday, which is a bit unusual for me, but sometimes I got to squeeze in a little bit extra sleep. And then... Yeah, we kind of just hung out on Saturday, family time. And then yesterday, I was supposed to be doing some really important paperwork, and Lord Jesus, it never happened. Mm -mm -mm. You know the stuff that you hate to do, but that's really important for you to do? It's the mundane paperwork that makes you go, ugh, but you got to do it. That's what I was supposed to be working on yesterday, honey, chill, but it never happened. All right, let's talk about a few things that happened over the weekend, because I need to update you guys on some of this sus. So first of all, um, we're going to elevate this guy to jackass of the entire month, not just jackass of the day. This guy had a dog. Now, did y'all see this story about this guy with his dog and how he had the poor pregnant lady going in the water up to his up to her waist because 
of his stupidity. So his name is Evan Marshall. Big shout out to Evan Marshall, Jackass of the Month. He is walking with this dog and a Heineken in his hand. And he thought it was funny, apparently. When the dog kind of lunged towards the other dog on one of those long, as you can see, retractable leashes. And I know those leashes can be a bit tricky because I know for sure I've had dogs before. Like if you don't lock it um, in you know, a hurry, next thing you know, um, the dog is running all over the place, right? So you got to be careful. But this one sent us about a week ago. She said, good evening, Miss Sandra. I'm six months pregnant. I'm a six month pregnant lady who went for a relaxing walk in Savannah Beach this evening. Instead, I got stressed out, ended up uh, having to run to sea and got all my clothes wet because I was trying to escape from a dog, picture below, which was on a leash, but long long away from the owner running towards me into the water. His owner was watching me laughing with his friends and quote unquote apologizing. Mm, mm, mm. Honey, chill. Um, and when I confronted him, he ironically said I should call the police. <laughs> well, she messaged us instead of calling the police. She said people around me were notably shocked and asked me if I was all right. Can you please post this so that pet owners can be more aware um, of the public who might, who might, or I don't know if that's supposed to be, might be pet lovers, but are still scared of them to have eyes on their pets when they bring them on, on the beach and not stressing out people Please pose this anonymously. Thank you and have a good evening. So that was the original post, right? So anywho, um, had quite a few comments, you know, Instagram, Facebook. Then Evan, in his um, brightness, as Caymanians would say, he believed he's bright. He decided to send us a message. Ooh, Evan, I don't know who told you to do this, but anywho, um, you're not so bright after all. So Evan sends us the following message, right? Mm-mm-mm. Evan then says, hello, Miss Sandra. On March the 6th, you posted a picture of me and my dog without my consent with the caption detailing an event that took place in Seven Mile Beach from an anonymous source. Instead of fact-checking, you simply took one person's account of the event and posted it as factual. Mm, no, 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 Evan. As you are well aware, your Instagram page has quite a following. Mm. And as such, I've been affecting not only, I think he meant to say affected, not only professionally, but I have received threatening messages. I doubt that. Uh, I'm writing to give you the luxury, luxury of advance notice, a luxury you did not provide to me. I'm asking you to please kindly remove this post from your page. Failure to do so will result in me obtaining legal counsel and proceeding accordingly. Thank you in advance for your time. Well, y'all know what I, <laughs> y'all know what I told Evan, right? You do know. You do know this is quite ridiculous. And so I said, dear sir, nothing done in public requires your consent. Mm, mm, mm. You were on a public beach and interacting with other members of the public. You taunted this woman that she should contact the police and she opted to contact CMR instead. So remind me of what the issue is, question mark. For the record, other people witnessed this poor pregnant lady having to go into the water up to her waist. And oh, by the way, she intends to now take it to the police. Now, here's the irony of this situation. You know, I keep telling you all about the Barbara Streisand effect. Basically, the Barbara Streisand effect says keep your mouth shut, right? When you've done something or you're highlighted in a way, sometimes you just keep your mouth shut. Because when you then send me a letter to me, you call you, I'm going to get a legal counsel. 
Who around here looks like they're afraid of legal counsel? I'm really just asking. Anybody? Any anybody around here? Uh, nope. Nope. Snuggle Bunny? Where's Gigi Snuggle Bunny? Not even Snuggle Bunny is afraid of legal counsel around here. Mm-mm, honey chill. So, um, yeah, you do stuff in public and you think you have a right to privacy? Are y'all crazy? <laughs> honey, no. You're in public space. You're on a public beach. Seven Mile Beach. You're scaring people with your dog. Mm-hmm. You might have been a little tipsy or drunk with the Heineken in your hand, but it ain't funny. Call your legal counsel all you want. Clearly, you, clearly you've got money to waste. Anywho, um, so then listen to the irony of this situation. Him and his so-called legal counsel. Oh, I'm going to call legal counsel. So somebody messaged and they said, Sandy, that guy, his name is Evan, which I knew because he, he messaged us from an account that said Evan Marshall. Um, and they said he is a proper troublemaker. He's actually a student at St. Matthew University. And him and his little gang, uh, uh, him and his little gang uh, are troublemakers at the university in on island. And the university knows about them. They've received complaints about them. And it continues to be a problem. So they encouraged this woman to reach out to the university and file a formal complaint. Because they're like, oh, your complaint would not be the first one against Evan Marshall and his gang of friends. And you heard how the young lady mentioned that he was with other people laughing with his friends. Well, honey child, um, you know, you might have um, thought that this was amusing and that this was funny, but it's not funny at all. And so you just outed yourself by seeking to put up that, that ridiculous message. Oh my goodness, sorry. By, by sending us that ridiculous message, you just outed yourself as well. Big shout out to Burger King, our sponsor for today's program. And the big sponsor, obviously, for the BK um, Big Fish. Lots of fish was caught over the weekends, I think. Some good hefty looking ones too. You know, some of that fish does not last very long, honey child. People be like, um, oops, that's the wrong one. But ooh, Popeye's looking good on a Monday. Um, yeah, so anyway, Evan, uh, call your lawyer, honey child. I'm in a business with you. Call anybody you want. Call your mama. Call your daddy. It really doesn't matter. What you need to do is call somebody who can, who can help you adjust your attitude. So um, the pregnant lady and the other eyewitnesses were most appreciative of our um, posts. And, um, you know, some people fear the CMR more than they fear the police. And that's a sad indictment, I think. But at the end of the day, uh, it is what it is. Yes, honey chill. All right. So moving right along. So one of the other interesting things over the weekend was... Um, this hand, this taxi driver parked in a handicapped spot. Can y'all please stop disrespecting the handicapped spots? What is wrong with you all? Oh my gosh, it's so disrespectful. And people actually need the spot. Yeah. Now here's what I think the government needs to do. It's only a hundred dollar fine. I was wondering how much the fine was. It needs to be woefully increased. That should at least be anywhere from five hundred to thousand dollars. I think. I think it should be a $1,000 fine for you to park there without the decal and without the proper permission, right? So this taxi driver parked in the handicapped spot, and guess what? He's, like, um, going for lunch. 
So y'all who didn't know all the facts were like, oh, well, Sandy, maybe y'all love to make excuses for people. Can y'all please, in the name of the good Jesus above, baby Jesus, stop making excuses for poor behavior. What if he, oh, Sandy, what if he was helping some handicapped people? (gasps) Oh, yes. And what if I won the lottery tomorrow and all of a sudden I was a billionaire? Like, really, that's going to totally happen. The chances of that are pretty slim to none. The eyewitness, we knew that that wasn't the case because the eyewitness watched him. He was there getting lunch. Nobody was in the car with him. He wasn't helping no handicapped people. Sure. So anywho, those of you who like to defend bad behavior, we're like, ah. So the question was, is it time really for us? We'll do this as a poll this week, in fact. Is it time for us to increase the fines? And um, I think most of you agreed that, yes, it is time to increase the fines. $100 is simply not enough. Mm-hmm, honey. So, Kyle, Kyle, I, don't, I never know which one is the correct pronunciation for his name. He decided to jump in the comment section because I said something like, you know, um, the last government, what did I say? I said, uh, jackass of the day, disrespecting the blue spot will get you reported to the police and you can get a ticket with the evidence provided. Can we get the government to increase the fine, please? Who's on board that $100 is simply not enough? There was a, this was a recommendation under the last government um, but they did not deliver. They did not deliver on it. Leave your comments below. So I don't know why Caillou always feel like he got to be defending the progressives. You know, uh, I don't understand it. He does it a lot, and I don't really know why. Because half the time, he just seen one who'll be cussing them, and I know that for a fact. So here we go. He says, yeah, blame the last government for everything. I do agree. Raise the fine. I'm like, dude. <laughs> The reason why I'm blaming the last government is because they had, what, 12 plus years in office? And the recommendation, they actually got a committee together, the Disability Council, the recommendation was made under their government. So who else am I going to (laughs) blame? You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, I'm supposed to blame who or not blame who? So I want to remind you all of something, because somebody... um, you know, pinched me and said something. And I thought, you know what? I must remind the people, the good people of the Cayman Islands, to please remember the facts. What do we always say in this program? You're entitled to your opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. Now, here's a fact, okay? Um, Alden McLaughlin and his government should have delivered on a lot more than they ever did, honey chill. And why do I say that? Let us look by comparison at how top heavy his, hold on now, not the civil service, you know, his own entourage of political support team was. Listen to this. That government, the former premier, had, mm hmm, Tammy uh, Chisholm. Hold on now. Y'all gonna want to hear this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie, what was Julie's last name? Hutton. I forget what her, her official title was. Some communication. Where is Julie, by the way? I heard of Julie in years now since they've been gone. Uh, Kieran 
Stigant, or Stigant, don't know because you're not Caymanian, so I have no clue what that last name really is. Um, Janet Pucci Bush, she's a civil servant, so that would be his PA. Frank Cornwall, political assistant, non-civil servant. And, hold on, who else did he have? Roy McTaggart, I mean, oh Jesus, not Roy McTaggart, Roy Tatum, okay, plus external agency support. Uh, let, let, let me let me say it again. Kyle, 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 whatever the hell your name is, pay attention this morning, okay? Class is in session. I'm gonna slow it down, flip it in reverse, and back it up. The former premier had the following additional assistance available to him that you, the good people of this country, were paying out the nostril for. Pay attention. Tammy Chisholm. She was um, cabinet. Uh, what was her title again? Cabinet communication something, something. I don't know. Julie Hutton. Only God can remember what her title was. Roy Tatum. Political extraordinaire. Kiran Stigant, Stigant, whatever. Frank Cornwell, only God knows what he did, but he was still getting over $5,000 a month to do whatever the hell he did, okay? Plus external support. Hmm, and that didn't include Gianna Pucci, who was his PA. Now, Wayne Panton has who? Pilar Bush and Nick DaCosta, who I understand is working part-time at the moment. Caucus secretary. You got one, two, three, four, five people plus agency support. And um, Wayne Panton has one and a half. And y'all have the audacity to ask me, why am I asking why the last government didn't deliver on a lot of stuff? No, 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 honey, chill. Don't come with it. Don't you come with it. Go back and look at their policy document. You'll see um, the premier, the former premier, Alden McLaughlin, actually mention some of these individuals. Let me show y'all a little something, something now. Here is the PDF document. See it right now? He's thanking them. He said, let me thank the fallen people in the office of the premier. Roy Tatum, head of the office of the premier, along with Kieran Stagent, whatever the heck his name is, Julie Hutton, Tammy Chisholm, Jana Pucci Bush and Frank Cornwell for their support and dedication. He had a whole entourage of people and yet he still couldn't get certain things done. Why? It's not like you didn't have enough people. I'm just saying. So when I say yes, uh, they should have worked on that. I don't want to hear no meow, meow, meow story. The truth is, you know, it is what it is, honey child. Let me look up this guy, Kieran, S-T-I-E-G-N-T. I I want to see what his, I'm sure he must be on LinkedIn, right? Let me see. Uh, Apparently there's some famous person with that name as well, a movie star. Oh, okay, man, let's see where he's from. All right, um, can I find him on LinkedIn? United States government. Nope, that's not the right spelling. Hmm. Um, so it said Roy Tatum ably assisted by him. 
Why did Roy Tatum need help? Roy Tatum was making like $12,000, $13,000 a month. What he needed help for? Jeez, I'm peace. Y'all need to wake up. There's some serious money being spent. Um, what was his title exactly? Uh, let me see if I can find it in this document. K-I-E. Um, the name, hold on. Okay, now, where is it? Anyway, he had a million people. A million people working for him. Mary Rodriguez is still around, chief advisor, strategic reforms. Mm, what a hot mess. Yeah, anyway, folks, these are some of the people that he had assisting him. Of course, his name is spelled different. Is somebody misspelling the man's name? Because here it's spelled one way in this document. And then I see online it's spelled multiple times. Um, he's described as a local government expert. Thank you, CNS. I see your girlfriend going all the way back to 2015. But they have his name spelled differently. So Alden or somebody in his team, imagine he had all these people and he still misspelled the man's name. Oh, that is that is rich. He misspelled it in this document. Now that's that's quite interesting. Uh-huh. It still came up. So it's actually Kieran Steigent. There's no, it's not I-E, it's just I, no E. All right, there you go. So apparently he's a former chief officer and most recently chief executive in one of the UK's largest local authorities. And he came on as a special advisor to the past government. Mm-hmm, y'all take that. So they got all this expert help, all these special advisors. Let me show y'all a picture of him because um, here he is with the former premier. And, um, you know, they paid for more reports than, 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 than baby Jesus could and all this kind of stuff. And so y'all wonder, you know, when you talk about value for money and actually getting things done, y'all are wondering, why is Sandy asking these questions? Well, I'm asking these questions because you have to help it make sense. I mean, otherwise, I simply don't understand why you would think I'm being unfair to the previous government. I'm not being unfair to anybody. I'm saying if you had all these people working with you, Tammy, Julie, um, Frank, and this Karen guy, we'll leave Jana out because she's a civil servant, right? Here he is, there he is. You bring on the big wigs, you bring on the experts. Well, what kind of expertise are these people really and truly offering? I would love to see how much they're paying him, honey chow. Consultant. And you still can't pass the most simple of things? Yeah. No, TD. All right. Um, good morning to Magdalene. Uh, Siobhan says, very rarely for me when it comes to fish, girl, you need to eat more fish. Fish is good for you. Good morning, honey chow. Miss Amelia's here. She says, have a blessed and victorious day in the Lord. Tracy, still cleaning up and repairing after the storm in New Zealand. We're thinking of you. Um, Lavana says she's doing intermittent fasting as well. She's lost 11 pounds so far. Good for you, girl. Yes, more inches and pounds, and I feel much better in my uniform especially. Mm. Wayne is laughing about the jackass of the month. Well done. Um, yeah, listen, you guys know that I'm an animal lover. I love me animals in general. 
and I love dogs in particular. But I know that not everybody is uh, fond of dogs. And some people are legitimately legitimately afraid of dogs. You know, they have a reason. Oftentimes they've had a traumatic experience why they're afraid of dogs. And so even small dogs, small dogs can bite, you know, don't, don't think a small dog not going to bite you now, honey. Yeah, they bite you too. So you've got to be very cautious. It's one of the things that I keep trying to teach my little one is don't just run up on a dog and think that all dogs are friendly. I'm like, you don't know how strange dogs might react. You know, I've, I think now successfully taught her, ask permission if you see a dog, if you can pet a dog. I noticed on Friday, we were actually at the, I told you guys, the big fish weigh-in. And there's a little black and white dog there. Um, looks like a Shih Tzu version, Shapu or something. And so she did ask the lady if she could, um, without me having to remind her, if she could pet her dog. And that's the appropriate thing to do. Because believe me, you folks, um, you know, even small dogs, sometimes they got the worst attitude. And a big bite, too, even for a small dog. So, yeah, it, it's to be pregnant and to have that kind of fright. That's kind of scary because stress is not what a pregnant woman wants to undertake. And to, and to think that she had to go in plain clothes up to her waist. She was not pool ready. She was not planning on going in the water. But she had to do all of that because she was actually afraid of this dog. And this guy's laughing and thinking it's funny. I'm not. I, I don't think that that's funny at all. Uh-uh. Good morning, Miss Alda. Um, so, anywho, let's increase the fine, please. Now, this government, you're not going to get a pass just because I'm saying the last government didn't do it. We expect you all to get on the ball and do it because this is one of those changes that should be relatively easy to pass. Um, there's a good doctor in the house. He says $1,000 seems fair to him. I agree. That it should be a minimum of $8,000. And... um. Mm-hmm. Let me see here now. Good morning. <laughs> Why are you so happy this morning? Did Jonathan share some weed? <laughs> Lord Jehovah, no. We don't need weed to be happy around here. Just tweak your attitude, honey chap. I'm happy because I got life and I've got health and I got a good family. I got good, good acquaintances, good friends. What is there not to be happy about? Please tell me. Y'all don't complain too much. So listen, speaking of dogs, so you guys know, I actually had a dream last night about my new dog that's coming. You guys know I have a very vivid uh, dream world. I dream a lot and my dreams are very, very detailed. Full color. Those of you who don't dream, I don't understand. Like I think it's so weird to not dream because I've dreamt my entire life. Sometimes, have you guys ever had a repetitive dream? I used to have a repetitive dream for years. When I first went to the States, I had this dream over and over and over again, even now. All these years, I haven't had it in a long time, but it is still embedded in my brain because I had it so many times. It was about being in Canada. But anyway, um, so I was dreaming about the new dog. We think her name is going to be um, Daisy because that's what Jana wants to name her. We'll see. Because yesterday she was like, maybe we can call her. What was the name yesterday that she mentioned? Oh God, I can't remember now. But anyway, we, we kind of settled on Daisy. So we've been saying, yep, Daisy's coming. So I had a dream about Daisy last night. She's coming from Jamaica. So in my dream, I was in Jamaica with Daisy and you know all this kind of stuff. But over the weekend, my daughter said to me, um, 
when Daisy comes, how are we going to protect her from the dogs next door? And you know, this really, really broke my heart that I have a six-year-old that has had such a traumatic experience of having watched our Coco be killed by these dogs next door. And then you know what she said to me? She said, did they ever get put in jail? Because when she saw it happen, the police came and she's like, oh, they're going to be put in jail, right, mom? And I said, yeah, they're going to be put in jail. My God. She actually asked me this weekend, did they ever get put in jail? Can you imagine? She, at the age of six, has to worry about whether or not our new dog, we haven't even gotten the dog yet, is going to survive the dogs next door. Or will she have her little life taken by them or some other stray dogs one day? I have no idea how upset it makes me to even have to think about it. And to know that I can't definitively say to her, oh, no, this is never going to happen. In this country, anything is possible. And then the outcome of it, people don't get charged. This is where dogs don't get put down. The animal law is one of those pieces of legislation that, along with quite a few, like I said, that haven't been touched in the past 15 years. And again, I laid out at the foot of the last government, right? That needs some attention. Another one that had all sorts of consultation and recommendations. You talk to the animal welfare people. They don't have no teeth. They can't do much of anything. Any dog that attacks people and kills Other dogs, unprovoked, should be put down immediately. No questions asked. And you know, the sad thing about it is the neighbor initially said that she was going to put down one of the two dogs and then she never did. And I know she loves, I'm sure she loves those crazy dogs. They're companions for her. But she gave her word to me and the police officer that night that, oh, she was going to put it down. In the aftermath of watching... This dog drag my poor Coco. Now, listen, I don't want to be a trigger to y'all this morning, but I do want to share something with you because sometimes you hear people talk about stuff and you think that people are exaggerating. I'm sure a lot of you have talked, have heard me talk about this situation. And um, you probably think to yourself, oh, Sandy, it wasn't that bad. Mm hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's good that you can believe that. Yeah. But in fact, my webcam, my door camera caught everything. And so it was actually shared. I'm trying to see if I can find the video on, um, the CMR page. Yes. All right. Like I said, I don't want to be a trigger for you all, but I'm going to share something with you this morning because every single MP in this country and every single person in this country who thinks that we can continue to not have decent legislation that protects people, decent legislation that protects um 
you know, all of us, quite frankly, needs a wake up call. I'm going to show you all the video on the night that my Coco was killed. It is the most horrific thing that I have had to endure. The most stressful moment, I would say, probably of my entire life. And I do not exaggerate when I tell you that. I was simply walking out my door thinking that I was going to have just a regular night, nothing out of the ordinary, right? Was preparing to um, get ready for bed. And this, this, is, this is what happened, just walking out my door out of nowhere. I'm warning you, yes, Jim, you probably don't wanna see it, but I, 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 for those of you who can bear with me, and experience what I went through in November, November the 30th of 2020. You need to listen. And then you need to message your MPs because I'm not the only person who've done, who've gone through this, right? There are other people who have gone through this and who've had to endure this. this their dogs actually attacked, not just it killed my dog that night. We found out that they were on a night of terror. They went into another part of the neighborhood and attacked another dog. And it took like five people to pull them off of that one dog. And that was a big dog. He had a bit of a fighting chance. They bit another person who had to go to the hospital, go to the emergency room and get a tetanus shot. And those dogs were able to still roam around and nothing ever happened to the owner. She was never charged with, with harboring dangerous dogs. You see, there's... Different justices doled out in this country. And I can tell you that if it was me that had that dog and one of these little boys from Windsor Park, you would have been hauled into court. Yeah, but we don't treat everyone equally. I'm telling you, it took every good part of my fiber of just being a decent person to not kill those dogs after the fact. Because in the moment, if I had a machete, I would have done it. Watch. And those of you who can't watch, I completely understand. Because I am going to take out my headset and walk away for a minute while you guys watch this. So um, for the benefit of our radio listeners, by the way, because um, we can't have complete silence. I'm walking out the door. I just called Coco. My daughter is right there. So Coco walks out. Right? She's just putting on her little hat and her head. She's walking with me. There she is on the steps. And then I'm right there by our bushes on our property. All this happened on my own property. That's it. And right away they grabbed her.
where is my poor dog? Screaming for her life. You have no idea how much this hurts me. We had friends over that night. Here's my friend, she was pregnant, so she could not even do anything. I had to take my daughter back inside so that she could not see how this ended. My poor Coco, neighbors came out, she's fighting for her life. And these dogs would not let go. This is my girlfriend, this is Misha actually taking Coco inside. And I literally had, I've never had a panic attack in my life. And that night I had a panic, I got, this is me running back inside to get the wasp spray to try to spray these dogs and they would not let go of my dog, right? Yeah. And At some point, um, they actually, Marlene went to get the flashlight because they took Coco and they dragged her into their yard. Cause this is what these dogs do when they're in killer mode. They dragged her into their yard in order to finish killing her. My God. I can't tell you guys, um, how incredibly difficult of a night that was. Eventually the owner woke up. I don't know what the hell she was doing, came outside. And she said, she said that she was going to. Did you get back? She said that she was gonna put the dog down and she never did. Cause she felt like one of the two dogs was the aggressor. And I said to the um, officers that night and the animal welfare, I'm not going to show you guys too much more of this, but trust me, it, it goes on for quite some time. It was just horrible. It was, it was just unbelievable. And so I said to the officers, and then we later found out that the dogs had attacked another dog, had been a person in the process of that. How these dogs were able to stay alive, only God knows. But that's the slackness that we have in the Cayman Islands. There should be one standard of operating in this country, right? Your dog kills another dog. I'm, I'm sorry to say as much as I love dogs, they should put, be put down. They bite a person unprovoked, they should be put down. And yet in this country, we have multiple instances of dogs biting people more than once. And nothing is done about it. I mean, it's just pure slackness. You know? She gave her word that evening that those dogs would, at least the one dog she said, would be put down. And here we are going into three years and they're enjoying their senior years and enjoying their life when my poor Coco had her life taken from her. You know, she went through surgery, but unfortunately... By the next day, she couldn't make it. And my husband refused to let me see her because he said, I don't want you to see and remember her like this. She was such a good dog. She didn't deserve that. 
And it makes me really upset that all this time later, my daughter still this weekend is wondering if this is going to happen again. And I can't even say no. Or I can't even say that if it happens again, that we're actually going to get some justice this time because apparently it's going to just depend on who the perpetrator is and what the DPP's office decides to do. Because some people get charged for every and anything. You look at somebody wrong, you get charged. And other people, it's like, oh, well, you know, whatever. Wayne Panton and Pat government, we got a lot of legislation that you guys need to be working on that can we please get some immediate action on the animal law. This is, this is, it's horrible to think that I've been through this once. People, other people I know have been through similar situations. You know, we lived in our previous neighborhood where the dog next door was always trying to attack Coco. And, and the authorities, the police, animal control, they're all impotent. They can't do anything. And they blame the law because police are like, oh, it's not our job. It's animal control. Animal control is like, oh, it's not our job. It's police. It's like, really? Everybody's passing the buck. It's nobody's job. And then when they finally, oh, yeah, well, okay, we can take a report. We'll give it to the police. They send a file to DBP. Still nothing happens. Yeah, the, the owner should have been charged. I, I get that she was not aware of how dangerous her dogs were, but she also never bothered to socialize her dogs ever, helping to create part of the problem why they want to go around killing other dogs when they get out. They've never been around any other dogs and they've been locked up in a yard their entire lives. And this is what happens to some dogs when you do that to them. They see an animal of any kind, a cat, a dog, whatever, all they want to do is kill it. And if you can have a dog and you don't even understand anything about dog behavior and how dogs operate, then you should not be a dog owner. Right? Strong Will said that I should have poisoned them. Strong Will, believe me. Believe me when I tell you. The only thing that has stopped me, not for fear of any prosecution, I can assure you of that, because I, will, I would have gladly sat in jail for a week for poisoning somebody's dog to, to, to vindicate poor Coco's murder. It wasn't that. It was just me knowing how much I actually do love dogs and I would not want those dogs to suffer the same way that they made my poor Coco suffer. And you know what the vet said? She said that although, although Coco was about 10 years old, she said, you know, Coco was still in amazing health for her to even survive that initial attack because it was brutal. So for her to survive going into the second day, the vet was like, Sandy, she just couldn't hold out any longer, but I'm surprised that she even lasted that long. And that's a testament to how incredibly healthy and well taken care of she was. Seriously, y'all need to do better. And so when this young man with the, with the pregnant lady and the dog, when something like that happens, I don't have any sympathy for him. Tell me, you want to call your lawyer? I look, I look like I give a damn if you call your lawyer. Boy, please. You might have to get somebody stronger in the phone. You might have to call Jesus. 
because he's probably the only one that could really help you. Not a business with you or your lawyer. And the fact that people like him don't see the dangerousness in his behavior to me is, is quite shocking. Get it together, people. You can't be a responsible pet owner for whatever reason. Sometimes you guys are just busy and you got these dogs with all good intentions. Relinquish them to somebody else. But trust me, strong will, I was tempted on more than one occasion to poison those dogs. And with my new dog coming, it, it has crossed my mind yet again. Seriously. Oh, my God. I don't wish that on anybody. I'm afraid to even be like, like I am triggered. I tell you guys, I don't, I'm not a person, you know, I, I tend to deal relatively okay with stress up to point, but even when I hear them barking, cause sometimes they're still outside. And if I go outside and I hear them barking, it's a trigger. I can understand a little bit of what PTSD is. Cause it is a trigger and immediately my mind goes back to November the 30th, 2020 at nine o'clock in the evening, 909, I'm trying to walk my dog and this is what happened. Huh? Mona says that um, she was always wondering what happened to Coco. Oh my God. It was unbelievable. You're now, thank you so much. And it was very traumatic for her. And um, you know what is so sad? Um, she would go around talking to total strangers after that. It's just so horrible. She'd go around talking to total strangers about how her dog got killed for months and months after this happened. And I would listen to her because I didn't want to like stifle her ability to communicate about it. She would then start blaming herself and she would say that it was her fault what happened to Coco. And I'm like, why was it your fault? It's not your fault. I don't know why she thought that, but she would actually say that. A four-year-old telling people and saying to me that it was her fault. Oh my God. Mm -mm -mm. I'm kind of hopeful because I know that they've aged quite a bit. I saw them. Well, heard them recently, I should say. And I could tell that they've aged quite a bit. Um, and I'm kind of just hoping that they die a natural death before um, Daisy comes along. Because Jesus, God knows that my mind can really take me if anything like this ever happens again. I'm sorry, but I keep a machete in my house. And the next time something going to get chopped, I'm telling y'all. I should have really done it that night. I really should have done it that night, but <clears throat> it's a lot easier said than done to take anything's life. Trust me. But I was so upset. I, I literally had to come inside and lie down on my bed because I was hyperventilating and my heart was like, you know, they're like, oh, do you want to go to the emergency room? Because I really felt like I was having a heart attack. That is how stressful of a situation um, that was. So somebody was asking about compensation. You can't compensate for the loss of a dog. I mean, um, she did pay for the vet bill. How, 
That doesn't compensate me in any way, shape, or form. Trust me. I should send her the bill for my new dog is what I should do. You know, Coco and I, um, oh my God, I could tell you guys, she was, she was family. Marlon came here and found Coco here. She was here before him. And, um, you know, she was here with her daughter uh, when we brought her home. She was so interested in this baby. I remember her, um, we kind of introduced them to each other the day we brought her home. She was such a gentle and amazing dog. Never showed any aggression towards anybody. She uh, would sleep under her crib. She was so protective of her from day one. Oh my God, please, please do something about the animal law. We need to stop all this backyard breeding. Um, spayed and neutering your pets should be mandatory. It's illegal to import certain breeds of dogs, right? But yet we allow the continual breeding and inbreeding of those same breeds right here on island. Have it make sense. So we'll never get rid of dangerous breeds. And let me be very, very clear. Any dog can be dangerous. Some dogs more than others because of their strength and their, their physical capacity. And, you know, they're very, very difficult to train. And we have irresponsible pet owners who don't even understand how to train their dogs. So any dog, Coco was just about 18 pounds. These dogs had, had it on her no matter how you sliced it. Nasia says, oh my God, that could have been a child. I mean, that was my biggest fear. Um, the same way they turned on the neighbor, that's why I had to get Gigi inside as quickly as possible. And thank you, Misha and Corey, who were there that night. They turned on people and bit people when they attacked another dog up the street. M my immediate concern was to get Gianna out of the way. So she didn't witness the entire thing. She was taken inside by Misha. But what would have stopped them from turning on me or on her? Nothing. And so, you know, my neighbor, nice enough person, but I cannot forgive you for not keeping your word. You said, and she was more concerned about me putting in a Maru than anything else, imagine. You said you were going to put the dog down and you didn't. You're there in that house by yourself with these dogs. One day they could turn on you. I want you to think about that. I'm not trying to put my goat mat on you, God knows. But the same way they've bet other people, maybe now they're a little bit older, but she, nobody could stop them that night. Everybody tried. There was nothing that could be done. Siobhan said, when I was younger, I had a pit bull in my neighborhood, kill my child pup. So I took my dad's machete to kill the dog, chased it home, was just about to chop the dog's head off when the owner came out. So I questioned her, wanted to chop her too. But I heard a voice in my head that said, leave it. And um, till I backed off and told her she was lucky and karma would find her. It's so sad. So many people have shared similar stories. Um, KK says, I'm, uh, I'll assure you if it was someone else 
they would have had the individual hang to the fullest. Yeah, I kind of feel felt that way as well. Um, Alejandro says, I agree, owning a dog is not for everyone. No, you've got to be responsible. I mean, you have got to be, folks, um, a responsible pet owner. And that means more than just feeding the dog and making sure the dog has water. Well, Tracy, this is an interesting story. She said that some gardeners had come that day and didn't latch the gate back properly. And so they got out. Now, here's the crazy thing. We went back and looked at our CCTV cameras and these dogs were out for hours. And she, the owner, and you know what? Coco was actually barking at the door that night. And we were just, you know, we had company over. We're like, oh, Coco, stop your barking. We didn't realize the reason why Coco was barking is because these dogs were outside. They were actually marking their territory in our yard way before this attack happened. We gave all that footage to the police. And what did they do? Jack shit. That's what they did. Nothing. Yep. So she said somebody um, apparently was working on the fence or some foolishness and left the gate open. But you have dogs that you know are crazy and you don't go out there and double check the gate and they're out roaming the streets for hours and you don't even know at night. You see, this is where the irresponsibility now comes in. She puts them in at night, you know, I figured they might've been poisoned already. So she leaves them out to a certain time and then puts, puts them inside. Strong will says that they could have bit me as well. Oh yeah. And I ended up hurting my, my, um, I twisted my leg in this whole thing. I mean, it, it was just, oh God, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get over it. Trust me. You never get over it, but I'm trying to move past it. <clears throat> CE Bank said, good morning, Sandy. Um, some of these St. Matthew medical students are, are just a joke. We need to send them back on a plane like many more in Cayman who think once they land, they own Cayman. Thank you, Daisy. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, you've, it's disgusting. Uh, Melanie says the owners need to be chopped, irresponsible pet ownership. Yeah, there's a lot of things um, I think that, you know, demonstrated. And, you know, the dogs would always be at the fence, like barking at each other. And you could see the aggression because then they would start fighting with each other when they were barking at Coco. Like she'd bark back at them. That's what dogs do. And then the two of them would start fighting each other. I mean, I just never, even me, never really thought about how incredibly dangerous they were. But because they had never been outside before, Ay, ay, ay. All right, let's let's move on, child. I can't, I cannot put myself back in that state of mind. It took me over two years to finally open my heart to the possibility of um owning another dog, mostly because I um Stacy, my number is 324-1612 or 939-2626. Only because I want my daughter to experience the love and responsibility of having um, a dog because they are, they can be some of the most amazing creatures in the world, such amazing memories and experiences that a lot of us have, haven't grown up with dogs. So I don't want to deny her that because of my own um, insecurities. 
So if you oh if you're trying to call the show, the number the number for that is nine three six two six two six. Um. So. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. It was it was something else. Trust me. But we really need to we need to work on that piece of legislation. Good morning, caller, and welcome to the program. Oh, did I um? I might have hung up on you. My apologies. Um, so we really need to fix a lot of different pieces of legislation. And that's uh, definitely one of those. By the way, I'm hoping soon we'll have a toll-free number, at least some flow, to get us started. Alejandra says, the moral is a promise is a comfort to a fool. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sunday morning, I will call you back. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, yes. Siobhan says you expect the police to do their jobs and they're a joke. Sometimes they are a joke. I mean, I hate to tell y'all. Um, and I don't want this to be an indictment in the entire police force because a lot of times they do work really, really hard. But mm-mm. Tracy says they're fighting each other. That's a huge red flag. Oh, yes. There were lots of red flags that she should have picked up on. That she just don't know anything about dogs. Totally clueless. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, Mr. Good said, I think the police did exactly what they were supposed to do. Sit back and relax and wait for you to react so that they could then throw the book at you. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I would have been in jail had I killed those dogs. Oh, no, we have a fence. <laughs> and since then, we have put up our own fence and gate. But listen... If a dog is motivated, first of all, you know, we walk the dog like we actually walk the dog. So Coco was going out the front door for a walk and they hit her right by our cars, like right on our, our property. And you know what is what is so interesting? Let me tell you something that now I don't appreciate with the police. When they came back and they had the audacity to say to me, um, oh, well, where exactly was your dog? Was she in the public road or on your property? I said, what? I said, we've given you the CCTV footage. She was actually on the property, but let me ask you what difference it would have made. Y'all are trying to tell me that it would have been okay for this to have happened if this happened on a public road? You see that? You see the slackness that we have to deal with with the RCAPS sometimes? Listen to me. Sometimes it takes every fiber in my body to not really tell them what I think of them, you know? <laughs> and like I said, I don't paint all officers with the same brush because I know a lot of officers are working extremely hard, but some of them, uh, Alejandro says stupid and illiterate. You better believe it. Some of them cannot read and write. And I'm not, that is not an exaggeration. Hmm. I've had police officers write statements, you know, that you're supposed to speak and they type it out. And I said, you know what? Just give me the keyboard. Let me type it myself. Because me having to spell out every single word for you because you don't even know how to spell and can't write and it's still going to have a million typos that then I have to try and correct. Let me just email you the damn statement. This is who we're hiring on the police force and paying them, might I add, a pretty decent salary for people who can't read and write. And let me be very clear. These are not Caymanians that can't read and write in case you're wondering. This is imported officers. Uh-huh. 
You take that. So because says, what an ignorant question. Well, I too was wondering what, what the angle was. Did the DPP's office come back and say, well, where was the dog? Because somehow killing a dog on a public street versus private property, there is a legal difference. My dog's still dead. Understand? And y'all did nothing about it. But rest assured, the history cannot and will not repeat itself. I tell you, folks, it is really, really tough. Um, you know, I, I am very, I remain aggrieved by the situation. And, um, you know, I try to be, you know, a good neighbor. But I must tell you that I do have some animosity. I'd be lying if I didn't say that every time I wave at her, <laughs> I do it with a twinge of... I don't even know what in my heart. My heart is not pure on this topic. I still carry um, some anger over the whole situation. More hurt than anger, but I still am angry. You know? Um, I think she communicated to my husband that maybe she wanted to call me or something like that. And I suggested to him that she not do that because I would not have been responsible for what I said on the phone. All right, let's move on, folks. Um, scammer. Actually, let's take a, a quick commercial break. I feel very heavy after all that. I need to unload the heaviness. Um, folks, listen. Caymanians, pay attention now. Uh, we're always complaining about not being able to afford things, and I, trust me, know how tough things are right now for people. I had someone over the weekend message me if they could get $25 to just buy some food because, you know, by the time they're finished paying their bills, they don't have anything left. And um, I'm going to try to see if I can get them a food voucher. But what I wanted to say is it's really important that we help each other where we can and it's also important that those of you who have a little bit of leeway in your budget, that you consider your future. I was watching a video the other day about not buying a lifestyle until you can actually afford it. Because some of us, the second we start working, we try to buy a lifestyle to impress other people. So we got to buy certain types of cars. We got to buy name brand this and that, name brand watches. We got to look the most to impress other people. And the truth of the matter is, those people don't care what name brand stuff you're wearing. But, you know, in our desire to people, please, this is what we do. And a lot of times we put ourselves in a financial situation. Because just like not all days are going to be rainy days, not all days are going to be full of sunshine. Not all days are going to be full of wealth. Some of the richest people in the world know more about poverty than you could ever imagine. They've been there. They've done that. Nothing lasts forever. And so during the rainy season, you prepare, right? I should have said that the other way around. During the sunny season, you prepare for the rainy season. You fix all the holes in your financial life. 
You give yourself a little bit of a cushion should something happen to you because it doesn't take much to wipe you out financially. I remember when I moved back to Cayman, man, if I could turn back the hands of time. And I'm not a person who often says that, but the one thing I would do is I would acquire more land. I remember distinctly, not long after I came back, I was working at Maples and Calder. People had land in Savannah, an acre of land for $60,000 for full acre, you know? Owner finance. And here I am looking at it going, eh, who wants to live all the way out there? Laura Valley, where the hell is that? That's in the bush. That was, my, that was me. And look where I live in now. <laughs> in the country. Had I known foresight, investing in your future is so important. And a lot of young people miss those opportunities. I myself, $60,000 for an acre. You can't even get one house lot, which is quarter acre for that price anymore. That's easily over $100,000. So I'm going to tell you all about an opportunity in Cayman Brack because Cayman Brack and Little Cayman is the next frontier, honey child. Some prices there are still somewhat reasonable. And so this is an opportunity through um, Crichton Property. And um, lot starting at $80,000. Now listen, that's a good price, even on the Brack. Because this isn't a quarter lot. These are oversized lots. Have a look at this. Ocean Ridge Heights offers an amazing opportunity to own a piece of land in idyllic Cayman Brack right on the bluff starting from $80,000 located in a quiet residential area with high elevation these lots are ideal for a future home or investment property and are sure to go fast Cayman Brack offers a laid-back lifestyle amazing pristine diving limestone caves diverse flora along with amazing wildlife inquire about the owner financing options so that you can secure your piece of paradise today with only a few lots remaining, these are sure to go before you know it. Contact Crichton Properties today on 345-949-5250 or info at CrichtonProperties.com. Y'all understand how owner financing works a lot of times. It's a good way for you to kickstart an opportunity for land ownership. Give them a call, get the details on it. Um, small percentage down, and then you just pay a little monthly fee. <sighs> Tell you what, I'm always looking at the sister islands now because, like I said, they're like the last frontier. Even Grand Cayman, I mean, if you can get a good piece, you know, out east, that's going to be a little bit more reasonable. You jump on it, you know, all of you are talking about your kids are not going to be able to afford property. What that means is that you need to secure it on their behalf. Buy land. Our forefathers didn't have a lot of foresight sometimes with this stuff. Some of them did and a lot of them didn't because they sold property for little or nothing. They didn't see the value of it. Oh, that's swamp land. 
Salt sand, nobody wants salt sand or swamp land. We're looking at it now. <laughs> I hear stories about how certain people in my family had salt sand land. They sold it for little or nothing. So they could go shopping Miami and buy five pairs of the same shoes. Mm -hmm. Lack of foresight. We definitely perishing. Anyway, y'all get on that deal. Want to give a big shout out to Tortuga Rum Cake Company. Um, they have introduced a rum cake packaging for the original rum cake. Now, you know, y'all love y'all some rum cake. They actually offered me, I should get the box just to keep it for, for, um, for, I don't know, memories or whatever, as opposed to actually eating any rum cake. I told her rum cake, not in my diet here right now. Um, Alejandro says they should ban the sale of swamp land. Well, if they did that, they would be they would be banning the sale of all land in Cayman, pretty much. Most land in Cayman is swamp land. I saw some pieces up East End. You can actually see on Google Maps, because my husband was like, oh, let's go look at it in Google Maps. When it rained, the, the, the Google Map image was from when it rained, and you can actually see the swampiness of the land. That's why we have to fill it, Alejandro. Cayman is swampy. You have two options, swampy or a little bit of hard lime rock. But enough rain, even that lime rock is underwater. We don't have no high elevations here. Every piece of land has to be filled. It's only a question of how much fill do you need. Uh, Siobhan said she'll take a rum cake now. Have a look at this, what Tortuga has been up to, folks. For over 35 years, Tortuga has baked their original rum cake in Cayman. From our kitchens in our homes to exporting across the world, Proudly Baking Cayman has always been at the heart of everything we do. Our recipe, handed down by six generations, has remained a secret to this day. Each Cayman cake is handcrafted and made with love from our family to yours. Today we honor this tradition with our Cayman rum cake, exclusively made in Cayman, exclusively sold in Cayman. A Cayman tradition to be proud of. Well, Siobhan says it's been years that she hasn't had a rum cake. Well, honey child, sounds like we need to get you one. Um, Aliano says, Cayman is swampy. That's, that's the quote. If I ever heard one, <laughs> yes, honey child, we're very marshy and swampy. Um, Jonathan claims that they changed the formula. It doesn't taste the same. Jonathan, I'm telling you, it must be the weed. Tastes the same to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's the original rum cake. Yeah, go get you, go get you a box. That's a good commemorative piece to keep. So you don't eat it when you get one of those, you just keep it and put it away. And you know, five generations from now, it's like a collector's item. Um, and I think rum cake can last forever, right? <laughs> they seal it pretty well. Um, good morning. Hello. Hello. Morning, Sandra. How are you today? Morning. I'm good. How are you? Not so bad. So I'm not on radio or nothing, though. Yes, you are, <laughs> honey child, because I'm live until 10.30 every morning. 
Oh my gosh, no, 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 no. Okay, no. <laughs> call me later. No, uh, wait, what time? What time? Uh, after 10 30. Okay, darling. Right. Thank you. Good. Okay, bye bye. So, folks, remember every day from 7 30 to 10 30, what are we doing? What are we doing? Everybody wake up. We are live and direct right here from the beautiful Cayman Islands. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alejandro says that's why I like the free samples to make sure it still tastes the same. Stefan says it's the original, original Sandy. Stop calling up people. It's a little different. Mm-hmm. Remy, good morning. Remy's liking the crazy hair today. Remy, did you hear what I said about how I got the crazy look? I did one little curl on this side. It's not really going to last up because I need to curl the whole thing. But thank you. I appreciate that. He says, girl, I like your hair. Thank you, Remy. Remy is my favorite chef. Oh, my God. Remy, had if I hadn't met Marlon and you weren't already married, I so would have married you just for you to cook for me every single day for no other reason. That would have been a marriage of convenience. <laughs> convenience for my hips because they would have been huge from all your good cooking, honey chow. Mm. I'd be like, husband, today I would like... Oh, man, we used to go to Remy's cooking class classes when he was at um, when he was at a lighthouse. Oh, my goodness. Oh, honey, chill. It was so delicious. Three course. It was a three course meal and a three course meal and a glass of wine for like 25, 30 bucks. It was good. And he would do all kind of stuff like soups. And it was supposed to be a cooking class. But, you know, we wasn't really paying attention to the lessons. We were just laughing. And he, he has such a good sense of humor. Make us laugh and then he'd feed us and we just had a jolly good time. So Soka's not into rum cake. She likes pineapple upside down cake. Um, but Siobhan says rum cakes are addictive. All right. Mm-hmm. So somebody says income tax will be better than the current system. Tax should be phased based on income. So tax would be for income over $100,000. For example, 100 to 130 pay 5%, 130 to 200 pays 8%, and so on. Mm. Um, someone's asking about COVID testing. Let me send that question to the HSA. That's a question for them. So I'll send that to them and ask them to answer that. Yes. Let me see what else. Uh, this person says blah, 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 blah. All right. Uh, Increase fines for littering and parking handicapped spots a thousand dollars. And um, someone says they're taking the migrants off the ship. Oh, okay. Let me see. We got a little situation brewing on a cruise ship. Let me see if this person wants to come on. Thank you, Miss Rita. Says uh, every yes, something needs to be done about the animals' law. How I mentioned before, I was attacked by a dog and nothing was done by the police. And I get these complaints all the time. Um, Yes. Somebody else says, waiting for this message. Um, Good morning, Sandy. Um, It is like that video I sent you from those dogs that rush at the old lady. Poor Coco. If you can show the video, if you want to show the video, go ahead. Okay. Yes, I'll show the video. All right. Y'all want to see what else is happening? 
in this country with vicious dogs? This person sent this to me on Thursday, actually. And this is an elderly woman. Look at this hot mess of a situation. I want y'all to get the message now that these things are very, very serious. It's nothing to laugh and joke about when dogs attack people or other dogs. And the fact that the legislation has no teeth means that little to no enforcement is being done. So, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. We're going to get to the scammer here in a second. Um, Remy says, wonder why nobody purchased a lighthouse restaurant. I heard that a lot of stuff had to be done to it. Somebody did purchase it and then they put it right back up for sale. But I heard that the roof and stuff was like, first of all, the asking price was a lot, <clears throat> which I suppose you can expect. But on top of that, the, um, you know, it's, it's needed work. It is an older structure. Siobhan says no teeth, more like no backbone. All right, have a look at this uh, video, folks. Um, again, trigger warning. This is an elderly lady. I believe this woman is in her, is this woman in her 80s? I'm trying to remember. Um, 88 years old. The person said, very scary. She's 88 years old and three years ago was very sick. Uh, she could walk and sit in the sun each day and walk in front by the car, but was scared to even go outside or leave her front door and just have the screen door open because um, she's scared that they will come in. So this just happened last week. Look at what this poor elderly lady, 88 years old, and you can't even enjoy your senior years. My God. Look, yeah. These are dogs, right front parking. Here's the, the old lady. She's going to come out the door for the benefit of our radio listeners. I don't think it has audio. So here she is now. You see nothing's going on. This just happened on February 25th, 2023 in the afternoon. 1, 1.30 almost. All right, nice breezy day. You see the breeze moving the trees. So the little old lady wants to go outside and enjoy some of this breeze and fresh air. And look at what happens when she tries to do that. So here we come. I think she's going to be opening the door any second now. My poor thing. You see this, this kind of thing? And, and, you know, the police, I must say, there's only two animal welfare officers. I think somebody said they might have finally gotten a third one. That's not enough. For as many reports as they get about these vicious dogs and all this kind of stuff, they need a whole team, a whole unit for this. And they need to take some lessons from what happens in America. <clears throat> they grab them up and haul those dogs away immediately. Hmm. No, sir. We put some footing around here. Let me fast forward it a little bit if I can. Um. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, still waiting. My apologies. It, it does go on for quite a few seconds until she comes outside. Poor thing. As you can imagine, here she here she comes. Here she comes. Now she's coming outside. My tweetum. Look at her closing the door, taking her time. Got her little stick and look. Got run right back inside. Cause here comes these dogs. Look yeah. One, two, 
Three dogs. Up on the woman porch barking at her and stuff, you know? Can somebody please go and collect these dogs? Look at, look at, look at this little one. Up on the woman porch. The other two don't go as far as the porch, but he, he a little bit extra feisty. So this woman can't even come out of her own front door because of these dogs. What is the address, please? Send me the, the address. I'm going to send this to animal control right now. And they better go pick up some dogs. I'll be sending this to Mr. Bodden, who's head of the animal control unit. If you cannot have dogs and be responsible with your dogs, what on earth? No, sir. And you can't make your dogs be running around the place like this? Disgusting. Mm -mm -mm. Wow. Unbelievable. Somebody better go deal with them head today. Ay, ay, ay. Um, someone says, good morning. Thank God they didn't attack her, meaning Gigi. They were leaving the poop in your yard when you thought that Freckles, my dog. Oh, that was them doing that? Oh, so she was, they were getting up before that day then. So this is a neighbor now telling me that, because we used to find dog poop in our yard all the time. And we were thought, we were thinking it was the one that used to be a big pile. And we were blaming the wrong dog. It wasn't poor freckles. It was those no good dogs next door. Oh, now I know. No, sir. Boy, I tell you, I never knew that, you know. But it makes it makes total sense. And dogs will do that when they're trying to be very aggressive too. Mm, really makes me want to go over there and kill them today. But let me try and calm my nerves. Because God knows. Mm-hmm. Mm. I tell you, no, sir. Oh my gosh. Absolutely horrible. Okay. Don't worry. They soon be dealt with one way or the other. Hmm? I will say no more about that subject matter at this particular time, but thank you for letting me know that really wasn't freckles after all. Huh. Interesting. All right. Um, this person says, we have a saying in, in Bermuda, if you're white, you're right. These expats come to the island thinking that they're better than us. Some of them do. I'm not going to say every expat because, you know, I know a lot of expats understand um, that they come here as a visitor or someone who's working here and they're very, very respectful. Um, you know, I ran into one such lady on, on Saturday night. Uh, big shout out to Isabel, Isabella. She said, we have a friend in common and she's promised me that I can have dinner with you one night. I said, oh, I said, well, that's sweet. Um, they better call Chef Remy to cater that dinner, honey chair. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? How was your weekend? My dear, I'm trying not to complain. Thankful. Mm-hmm. How are you yes, doing? We, we got to be very grateful. My weekend was, was pretty good, too, like mm. you said. Very thankful, very thankful. Now, on the 
we were we were talking on the subject of of dogs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's it's one dog, and that uh, could, or could be several that you you can't you're not supposed to bring them in the island. Mm-hmm. We have a whole list of prohibited dogs. That's right. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm much afraid mm-hmm. some guys here in West Bay are uh, have those dogs and then they mate them and then they get more and more and they're they're selling them. How we have a huge, huge police force. Too many, in fact, because why I'm saying this, and this is my opinion, I depending on you, Sandy, mm-hmm. and, and and Sandy depending on next next person, and and then the work still don't get done. Um, you get what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They all depending on each other, but the work still don't get done because it's too many. That's my opinion. But then, lo and behold, there's a former politician that has a dog that's not supposed to be here in this island. Mm-hmm. As you say, it's a long list. And whether it's a former politician or who, they're supposed to be setting an example mm. for mm. other people that thinking of doing the same thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Personally, I do. I love dogs. We always had dogs. German Shepherds is my dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're lovable. They're treatable, and they 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 love children. Mm-hmm. But um, the subject. I really, really, really want to bring up this morning again is about the opening of this mental place that we have in East End. I'm hearing different dates, Sandy. I've heard different dates from last year. Um, not only dates, but the months, the weeks, the what, whatever. And it's being put off. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, Sandy... Down here in West Bay, we have it more and more and more. Now, some of them could be sick mentally. Some of them could be just, uh, I bought it upon myself and I am um, um, smoking weed so I don't have work and I can't work. And the excuses when they're they're begging you never stops. So I said, well, uh, suppose I bring that up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I I um I am this and I am that and I have a bad liver. I said, how, how about this? Mm-hmm. I had my kidney taken out, my left kidney taken out mm-hmm. a couple of years ago by my good people at Health. City. I still go back to them because I found them very, very professional. Mm-hmm. I say, uh, excuse me, can you give me something? Because I don't have a kidney, you make believe, but I really don't. Anyway, 
not all aside. We mm. need to have that mental place open. Mm-hmm. It's it's it's. We're talking about the the environment and trying to keep Cayman clean and whatnot. And then I believe it was somebody calling in on your show uh, last week sometime. I, I didn't catch who it was, and my apologies, but they, they should come down here in West Bay and see the idleness and the garbage around places like on the turtle farm, and I talk talking about no turtle center. The turtle farm is what we all know it by. Mm-hmm. On that road, there is people that have homes that is half built, top on, uh, bush growing just as high is the house itself. Mm-hmm. Has been like that right in the front, right there the road for year in and year out. No. Body does anything about it mm. until somebody gets on the radio mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then speak about it. Then they come and, and pull bush for a half an hour or move some little thing for a half an hour, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Then we have apartments too many apartments, too little garbage dumpsters for the tenants, so it overflows. Then the dogs and the cats and and chickens, of course, gets in that and is scattered all mm-hmm, the ro- mm-hmm. on the road. It's all down there by the garbage ca- by the uh, turtle farm. Now, mm. how can we avoid something like that when we have tourists going down there? We are human beings too. All of that, as we know, mm-hmm. you know, the next person know. That that creates diseases. It creates rodents. It creates it. The list never ends. But yet we're saying clean this island. I don't think so. I have been traveling too as far as Australia. I have been to Switzerland many, many times. In fact, my husband is Swiss. Mm-hmm. Many, many times. Go there, so try. So try that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They would bring you up. They're not talking about court, and then they put it off, and they put it off, and they put it off, and they put it off. Mm-hmm. Their laws are enforced. That's why you can eat off of their streets. That's why Singapore are going back there. I have mm-hmm. to go back there. Mm-hmm. I love the place. I love the laws. I love what they do in keeping the environment clean. How come we could do it many years ago mm-hmm. when people had pride in in the environment around their surroundings, other people's yard. We helped out with other people, yet everybody now is walking around with their noses stuck up in the air, and it just 
creates bigger and bigger problems. Now, I'm telling you this, Sandy, mm-hmm. I don't care what anyone thinks about me. Mm-hmm. It's my opinion. But if we don't get it together along with the high prices, I ain't talking about groceries or, or anything else. Forget that. It's 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 a dollar added to everything every day mm-hmm. or more. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about rental. Um 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 uh, um houses that people can't afford. Mm-hmm. People that don't have houses work hard all the days of their life, and now the, 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 to to try to get some place. I'm talking about things like this. I'm not particularly talking about this government because I believe this government is trying. I really believe that, but it's for was from past government that things should have been done that was not done, then when the next government come mm-hmm. in, second, then Marvin. they blame that government. Mm-hmm. But I thank you, no Sandy, because it could perhaps be other callers and yes, other ma'am. people with other opinions. Good morning to you. It's my opinion, and I'll preach it all the time. Thank you we so much. We have to get our act together. Thank you, caller. I appreciate it. Thank you. All thank right. You. Have a good day. Yeah, so getting our act together is something we all hope that we can do more and more each day. Now, we've got a special guest um, who's joining us on the on the call this morning, Miss Marva Bodden-Reed. Um, Marva, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sandy, and good morning, Kenan. I am great. Fine, thank you. And you guys, I hope you all are doing well. Happy birthday, first of all. Oh, thank you. Yes, it is. It's um, I'm still celebrating my 50th that should have happened, you know, in 2020, of course. Mm-hmm. So I've just added three absolutely or two additional beautiful blessed years and then started my fifth or third this mm-hmm. morning or last night. But um, yes, and I'm on a cruise, um, Eastern Caribbean cruise. This was planned in 2020, enjoying it with my mom, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm here in the beautiful island of St. Martin this morning. Oh, beautiful. So you've had a little bit of excitement on your cruise, I guess there's never a dull moment, my dear. Um, so tell us, absolutely not, for the benefit of our um, of our listeners, tell us exactly what's going on. Yes. So last night, um, when we were cruising, it was about eleven thirty. Uh, sorry, ten thirty, eleven o'clock, and they're one hour ahead of us, of course, over here um, in the Eastern Caribbean. So on our way sailing from Tortola over to Saint Martin, um, I just finished dinner when the captain came on and made an announcement to say that, of course, he had received a distress call. U.S. Coast Guard had contacted him, um, and we were near a ship that needed rescuing of migrants and they were going to stop, wanted us to know. Must say the team of the Celebrity Millennium, very professional mm-hmm. um, announcements all the way, you know, to let us know what was happening and um, went up on the top deck to see what was happening. It was crazy. Um, it was like that mixed emotion, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was like, you're sad, but then you're happy to see what was happening. And I can tell you what really blew my mind was the fact that 
it's over 2,000 plus of us that's mm -hmm. on the ship. Mm -hmm. Literally, the top deck was filled with everybody. Everybody left the show, left the dining room, came out of their rooms, and they all came and upstairs, uh, upstairs on the 11th um, deck. Mm -hmm. And everybody had out their cell phones with their lights on, signaling to this boat that was distressed out there in the middle of the ocean that and you're about to be rescued mm. and you could hear them screaming on the ship um mm -hmm. we were very close to them of course and you could hear them screaming you know help save us and mm -hmm. in no time it happened so quickly in no time um the ship launched one of their rescue boats and they took you know the um, the migrants on um in less than 30 minutes all of it it, it happened so quickly but it was a it was a great rescue and I was blown away, Sandra, to see the amount of persons that was on this boat. It was like a speedboat. And at mm -hmm. first I thought, well, the captain first made an announcement to say it was approximately 12 mm -hmm. migrants. We learned this morning and um, sorry, I wasn't able to do it live this morning because it was quick when they were taking them off the ship, handing, handing them over to the authorities here. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I recorded it very professional, the way they handled them and everything. Right. But um, it was 33 miles. Oh, my God. Now I'm, we're, I'm playing on the screen. Sorry, Marv. I'm actually playing on the screen um, some of the footage from your... Um, your your feed last feed night last night yeah so these are the two little small boats that these migrants were on well they were on the little small white boat oh they the, were just the little small yeah the little small white boat oh my and the red and white life yeah life guard boat that is for the um oh. celebrity millennium and that was that was what was launched to go and um so the know, lifeguard boat them. is bigger than their little boat yes oh my yes gosh. it's literally twice the size and it was 33 people on board in this morning when they were come, you know, taking them off mm. the ship and handing them over here to the authorities. There were three infants, actually, um, you know, kids, teenagers, um, adults. Now, were these Cuban migrants yes. or? Well, we, we didn't learn of their nationalities. Uh -huh. um, we, you know, I, I would say by the look of things, they could have been or they could have been Haitians mixed with Spanish people. I they did, We didn't learn of their nationalities. And oh, truthfully, wow. it didn't even, you know, it didn't even bother. I heard people asking, oh, where are they from? Who are they, you know, at this point in time, who cares where they're yeah, from? Yeah. They were rescued. That was what was most important. Mm -mm. Wow. So sad, really. Um, it, it, it was, it was. So they came on board last night. They rescued them last yes. night. Oh, and you guys could hear yes. those poor people crying for help. Yes, yes. Mm. Where did they, um, so they, when they took them on board, do you know where they kept them on the ship? No, I don't. Um, okay. Yeah, they, they just kept, you know, everyone off of, um, well, not, I guess they would have brought them on on the first deck. And that's normally where you embark and disembark. So they probably brought them in there. And that's where they disembarked them today, this morning, when we were disembarking on shore as well. But, um, you know, they, they kept them, brought them on. And I'm sure they, well, I am so sure they took care of them. But, you know, this morning when they were coming off, you could see that they were traveling with personal effects. They had their bags, um, backpacks, mm -hmm. their little, you know, travel bags, I guess, with clothing, et cetera, personal effects. Mm -hmm. But yes, it, it was one of those moments when you, 
you hear of it, but then you get to experience it and um, to see kids, infants, yes. Mm. Um, yes, a little bit heart-wrenching there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, like I said, huge, and, I, and I, I complimented all of the team last night and even this morning and told the, um, the employees of the ship, thank you, you know, thanks for what you guys did. Thanks for mm-hmm. doing it. And like the staff say, they're like, hey, listen, we're here as a cruise ship to entertain and, and take care of our guests. But mm-hmm. our main reason also is to save lives out there in the waters. Mm-hmm. So that's what's most important. Yes. Wow. So crazy. It's, um, it's something <laughs> else. I mean, we have to be so incredibly fortunate um, and grateful that our circumstances don't force us to get on a boat. Um, you know, even yes. though, even those yes. who are claiming that they leave in Cayman, they're still able to get on a plane and do so. And buy an airplane ticket for thousands of dollars. Um, of course, of course. But yeah, this is really something. and and this is exactly you know this is exactly what I I say on social media when I see that we take migrants into our country mm-hmm. and then they become ungrateful to us. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. have to be very appreciative to the, the the people that save them. Very appreciative to the people that welcome them with mm-hmm. open arms and take care of them take care of them and, and you know you know in the general public know we have been there for months and years and yes. we take care of these people and what really bothers me is when they they act up and they become totally ungrateful to the people of the Cayman Islands mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely yeah that's for sure well thank you but Marvin. it's wonderful talking with you guys yes enjoy the rest of your cruise so um where to next what's your what's your next destination um Tomorrow is Dominica, and then I think the next day is Barbados, um, Grenada. We -hmm. should be back in Puerto Rico by Saturday. Okay, beautiful. Well, enjoy uh, the rest of your trip, and hopefully this will be um, the most exciting part in terms of anything like this (laughs) happening. (laughs) Tourism excitement, yes, but you don't want too much of this too many more of these types of excursions during the day. So hopefully, I know, I know. Hopefully that won't happen. All right. But, well, um, we have a wonderful that. day, everyone. All right, my dear. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. So folks, again, that's Miss Marva. She's celebrating her um, 53rd birthday. Happy birthday, Marva. And, um, you know, bringing uh, up, us up to date. As you guys can see in your screen, that little boat had 33 people on it. Oh, my gosh. That's so insane. And they're being rescued then by um, the cruise ship uh, workers who are bringing um, them on board. And then, of course, they have to hand them over to the locus- the local authorities there. Did you say St. Martin? Anyway, um, you know, this is, gosh, they, they kind of traveled far, though. Like, I... I I kind of wonder, that doesn't quite sound like the route that Cubans would take, but I'm not too sure. Um, we know Venezuelans also tend to sometimes take a very dangerous uh, migration route as well to try to escape their um, issues. Uh, but they tend to end up in Trinidad, I think. Uh, you know, I don't know. Huh. They, they have a really bad migrant situation. Sometimes they die. A lot of them die um, as well, trying to, to make that whole journey. So the number of refugees and migrants from Venezuela surpassed 7 million globally, 
according to data from governments receiving them, making them the second largest external displacement crises in the world. What? Oh my God. Well, um, this is according to the UN Refugee Agency. And you know that um, in Venezuela, the situation is really, really quite atrocious there. It's unfortunate because again, an oil rich country, natural resources, but the people are so poor and they're suffering mostly because of political corruption, you know? Um, such a sad situation. I didn't realize that they were all the way up at the top of the list. I wonder who has the highest number of migrants leaving. So they're considered, um, Venezuela has become one of the largest displacement crises in the world, the situation over there. Over a million asylum seekers from Venezuela worldwide, according to government figures, and um, over 200,000 recognized refugees from Venezuela. This is some statistics again from the United Nations Refugee Agency. No power. They're having to stand in line for foods if they can get it. Um, says that they need international protection. Oh my God, it's horrible. Facing poverty and struggling to survive. And of course the COVID-19 pandemic only compounded that situation, forcing a lot of Venezuelans deeper into poverty. Many families being forced to reduce their food intake um, taken on debt in order to survive. They're at risk of eviction, exploitation, and protection risk. Economic hardships, political discontent. Refugees and migrants all over the world are being scapegoated and stigmatized. It's unfortunate, while increasing competition for jobs and limited access to public services. So remember last week, we had the young ladies from Poland talking about the same thing, like they're trying to help the people from Ukraine, but they've taken in over 7 million and some other countries are refusing to do so. So um, I bet you Ukraine, it might mean the number one spot right now because of the war. Mm, mm, mm. My goodness. Uh, this, this family said we walked for 11 days and had to sleep outside. We left behind. They threatened to kill us. We, sorry, we left because they threatened to kill us. My brother was killed and they also killed me. This is Anna, who's a Venezuelan woman in Ecuador. Um, talking about some of their recent hard times. Wow. Mm -mm -mm. So sad, folks. But again, thanks to Marva for bringing us up to speed on that situation. Siobhan says political corruption is everywhere, unfortunately. Well, it's, it's far worse in a lot of countries um, than you could ever, ever imagine. You know, we complain about a lot here, but you'd be surprised to know how good we still have it and how thankful indeed uh, we should be. Yep. That's why so many people want to come here. Because honestly, we still live in paradise. Um, all right. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about... Um, Let's talk about Miss Cayman Committee. I'm so sick and tired of talking about them, to be honest. But they made news again over the weekend. And so it's bizarre news. And I don't even understand it. I must be honest. Um, 
you know? But anywho, what we know is that um, the Miss Cayman's committee made an announcement that the committee has been granted the license. Now, I don't know who granted them the license. I don't know if they're saying that the Minister of Tourism, I don't think they could just give them the license. The Minister of Tourism said that they were relinquishing the franchise. So how does the current committee get it is a bit of a interesting question. Um, and the other question that I have is who is the committee? Well, we know that most people resign from the committee. So who the committee comprises of is pretty much Derry Lee. We had a number of people left. So Donna Bush resigned. Um, Wendy uh, resigned. Wendy, what's Wendy's last name again? Wendy Melanio, she resigned. Lovania, I think, has resigned. Latrice has, um, I believe, resigned. Um, so I think it's the treasurer who is Nicole, whoever Nicole is. I don't know which Nicole that is. And um, Heather is parliamentary secretary. So she was involved through the ministry. So I don't know if Heather still remains on the committee or not. So it's it's Derry and the treasurer, and that's the committee that has taken over. Anyway, she claims that the committee has appointed her as um, national director. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Uh, good morning, Sandra. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, minister, good morning. Oh, you're going to clarify some of this for us? Yes. Oh, beautiful. I... I, I... I worked really, really hard to try to make sure that we move away from the negativity surrounding the unfortunate situation with the project. Mm -hmm. um, and as you have heard, the government has decided to no longer be the franchise holder. Um, mm -hmm. I, like you, are, have been made aware that Ms. Um, Lee has secured the franchise. I'm not sure how the structure is, but I, too, agree with you that when the statement went out to say the committee has gotten the franchise, it leads to some ambiguity. Now, I want to make sure it's clear that the mm -hmm. government has no involvement with this. Mm -hmm. um, what the committee is, um, I do not want it to be associated with the government-appointed committee mm -hmm. because um, the franchise cannot be, cannot be appointed to the government committee. The government has selected a committee to manage when we had the franchise, that committee is still responsible for the end of the reign of the current, um, now new queen, Chloe. Yes. And that's the end of the government's involvement. And can you now, say who, who is left on that committee? Because I, I think it was really confusing when this announcement was made. What else was confusing, ministers, the fact that they have managed to take over the Facebook page and made this announcement through the government committee Facebook page. Like, to me, that's like, huh? So that's, I think that's why people were like, is government still involved in this? Is government funding this? It was a bit weird. So if it's the government committee and then they make this announcement that the, the Miss Cannon's Universe Committee, which was the government committee, has obtained the franchise, isn't that a bizarre announcement? Like, I, I, I was confused. Yeah, I, I agree there. There's, there's a lot of confusion there. And I don't think it was managed right. As you know, I just re returned home yeah. just last evening. Um, and I, I'm, I don't think it should have been done in that way. 
uh, we have to now start to separate the two worlds. Mm -hmm. um, by all means, the, the committee who was a part of it before, whoever is still willing to serve, mm -hmm. um, you know, I welcome them to continue on in this pageant world um, on their own right, but it cannot be seen as in connection with the government. The right. government will, will support any, any um, independent body by way of a contribution or, or like say for instance, what we do with Miss um, World at the current moment, the government gives them a scholarship and that's the closest involvement we do. We have no mm -hmm. dealings with the running or the management and that's the government's intention to do exactly the same mm -hmm. with Miss Universe, whoever was the winner of the bid, which we now know. Um, I'm not sure if it's Derry herself mm -hmm. or herself and some other members, I don't know. Right. Regardless, I wish them the best. But our, let, let me ask you a question, though. I mean, yeah. supposedly government would have had the um, things like the Facebook page and whatever. Have you guys given them permission to use your, your Facebook accounts and so forth? Well, the Facebook accounts were started by the then committee. So obviously that would still have access to them. And obviously we have to rectify these things because of the misconception. Like you rightfully have come to the conclusion because it's about... Mm -hmm. Uh, about 15 people have called me since um, Saturday telling me the same thing to say, well, what does this mean? Is the government still involved or not? And I want to make sure this is clear. Mm -hmm. The government is not involved. Um, we are trying to transition out of this smoothly with the least amount of um, um, issues or, mm -hmm. or same perception of problems. Um, and so obviously I'd have to speak with the, the, the new franchise holder yes. and say, the things that are government seem to be government to separate the two worlds. Right. And when you say a committee, do we call it the new form committee or the independent committee? But we have to make sure that it's a separation. Government yes. is not involved in this. And when you, um, let me ask you a question. When the government relinquished the current franchise, was that relinquished immediately or until August um, when, because there's an announcement that Miss Chloe would hold the title until August. So do you still technically legally have the current franchise no, we, committee we, uh, contract? We no, longer have, no, we no longer have the contract. Um, matter of fact, during the press conference, um, which unfortunately we weren't able to attend, mm -hmm. um, we were given notice that, you know, it was going out for bid and we had seven days to decide whether we wanted to continue. At that point, you would pay for the franchise and continue on. We didn't do that and we right. informed them that we no longer want it. So legally, we have nothing to do with the uh, Miss Universe franchise. Now, okay. in respect to honoring the Cayman current queen right. for the Miss Cayman Universe Cayman, not internationally, uh -huh. res respectfully, we just can't abandon her. Right. And it would be unfair to her to not be able to yes. finish out the rest of her time. So we're trying to manage her until that date, which I, I believe is, is in August. And we will continue to respect her as our Miss Cayman Universe. Um, but it would have nothing to do with the international um, perspective. Um, mm -hmm. So after that, that's when the, the government's yes. involvement with anything to do with the pageant ends. So we're going to supervise her appearances and wherever she goes um, mm -hmm. um, and those kinds of things. Um, but yes. besides that, that's all we're involved in. Because you see, how you see how confusing, and, and this, of course, calls into question a lot of things about the, the, you know, we've had our questions and concerns about the leadership of the committee. But of course, one of the things that they said in their announcement that also further complicated it and made it confusing is they actually make reference to Miss um, Chloe, who's the current reigning uh, Miss Cayman Islands Universe winner, as though they were now in control of her. So it says crowning for the beautiful Chloe Powery Doxy 
will be announced at a later date and the public are welcome to attend. So this committee... Yes, sir. Let me clarify that. Mm -hmm. Um, This is unfortunately yet again um, a difficult uh, mess to to separate in the public domain. So we did ask the the rest of the committee that was left to manage that process until the end. Mm -hmm. Because obviously we didn't know whether they would get the franchise or somebody else or whoever else would apply for it is open to the public. Mm-hmm. Now, the committee, particularly that I believe of Miss Terry mm-hmm. Bakers, was interested in that process and she has the right to apply for that. Mm-hmm. She was successful, but now with her success of getting the franchise, we now have to figure out how to separate these two worlds because the committee was also charged with the, mm-hmm. the transition period of ending this process with Miss Chloe right. from the government perspective. So now it seems as if with her getting the franchise, um, government is still connected to the franchise by the fact that yeah. she's managing it. And the, so and the way that she the way that she announced that. it, right? To do an announcement saying that okay, this this committee now has the franchise, and then to also talk about Chloe in that same announcement it gives the wrong impression if, if what you're saying is, is is technically and legally correct. It almost sounds like there is no distinction, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Okay, well, government's well, there given up. Yeah. There, there, there is. And, and um, hopefully that this can go smoothly and it's understood that, uh, again, the government wishes um, whoever the new franchise holder is, because I, I am too confused about, uh, because it's their private business, as to who individually has the control. And I believe that Miss Derry is, and I wish mm-hmm. her well with her success in respect to this area. But it can't be, I don't want the perception to be that her um, now having that franchise affects the government's process. So right now we're just trying to manage Miss Chloe, mm-hmm. allow her to uh, individually have her reign, and that's our end of our involvement. Now what happens, because another question has now come to my mind is, there's potentially a pageant that's going to happen mm-hmm. um, with a new franchise holder and how that affects the current reigning queen that the government wants to finish fran- um um, um, right. Transition out. So, uh, what what happens with the queen when they have a new pageant? Does she go there and then you know pass on the crown? So there's going to be a little bit of managing here. But I wanted to be clear mm-hmm. that the government has no involvement with the franchise and the ruling and the decision making in respect to whoever the new holder is. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to manage this Chloe now mm-hmm. out of the last of her reign. With that being said, I would like to take this opportunity to wish my amazing Miss Marva Bodden-Reed, who just called in a happy birthday. I know she's taking the right needed vacation because she worked so hard, and I wish her the best vacation ever. So thank you so much for allowing me the time. All right. I'm actually supposed to be at a, a flag swearing in. Thanks for coming. Well, yes. Thank, thank you, you so much. Appreciate thank it. God bless you. Okay. So um, we, we appreciate the minister um, calling in folks to clarify um, that very, very important point, because like I said, we definitely had a lot of questions <laughs> about this. It's confusing, but you know, the, this committee was, was famous for doing things that made no sense. So I am not really surprised that that continues. Why, why make, uh, I don't even, I, I don't even understand it. You know, um, the fact that they have been allowed to, take over this page when it, when that was really, that committee was a government franchise, government committee. It's the same, it's the same people, whoever's left in the committee, which I understand is probably only one or two people. So Derry talks about a committee got the franchise. Well, 
It's her and the treasurer that's left, as far as I know. Everybody else has abandoned ship. And she will now seek to um, build out um, you know, she will now seek to build out the community, I guess, with other people who um, think that, you know, they can turn this hot mess around. It's, it's, it's shocking. Like, I can't believe that she would have actually wanted the franchise given how poorly she handled the previous situation. But I guess in her mind, she didn't handle it poorly at all. Unbelievable. Well, they don't need to call me to support them, honey chill, under no circumstances. Um, Siobhan says she needed to resign with her lying self. Uh, Alejandro says Miss Universe is owned by a trans woman. Um, Tracy says, so government don't have to hand back the franchise to head office and then dare you submit a bid to head office. They did. So they relinquished their franchise. That's exactly what happened. It was immediate. And she put in, I doubt the bid was competitive, Tracy. Somehow I doubt anybody wanted it. I know for a fact Miss Mer- World didn't want it. Pamela Small didn't put in anything for it. Child, that, that committee is such a, that um, franchise, my apologies, is such a mess right now. It's, it's been devalued because of what's happening here locally as well as some other things. So she might have been the only bidder. <laughs> That's why she got it. And I think that they're keen to try to have as many countries in it as possible. So yeah, she got the franchise and she's claiming it's the committee. But who, who won the committee exactly? Her and the treasurer? Uh, it's, it's confusing to say the least, but I'm glad the minister clarified it's not his committee. I don't know if Ms. Heather's involved in this mess still or what. Mm-mm. So apparently the remaining committee members, as the minister said, will be, um, I guess they'll be trying to just help Chloe through until August, just a few more months. So today is National Commonwealth Day. So let me, um, I think we're supposed to be um, sharing some of that. You also have the Youth Parliament broadcast that's going to be coming up here shortly. So please, folks, um, continue to tune in for that. The radio show will end at 1030 promptly. Chuck is not in studio today. So what we'll do is we'll pull in the feed for our um, social media listeners so that you guys can watch the Youth Parliament. But unfortunately, the radio listeners, you won't be able to get get that. But it's very, very interesting to hear our young people um, being involved in youth parliament. And it's very, very super interesting to hear them talk about, you know, all of the ideas that they have. So this time they're going to be talking about transportation and they've got some ideas to try to solve the public transportation problem. Um, You know, they may come up with some good ideas that the government can use. Who knows? Listen to young people, folks. They have valuable opinions. Um, Siobhan said, oh, she definitely wanted it. <laughs> uh, Strong Will says, then she'll be looking sponsorship from the government. Yeah, ironic, to say the least. Uh, the government said they'll give him a scholarship. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised. Like, when, when you think about, even the 
like, like for me, some of the questions over the weekend I had was like, um, how competitive was it? Like I said, probably nobody wanted it in any, so she got it by default. But honestly, do y'all not have questions about if it was competitive, how the com- competitors would not have even had a chance given that Derry, a current committee member, because she's not yet resigned from the government committee, that government committee is still together, although they've relinquished the franchise. She would have had insider knowledge, insider information about the workings of the pageant and the franchise and so on um, that really would have tipped it in her favor. So, but like I said, I don't think anybody wants it anyway. So it's probably not much of an argument uh, that we really care that much. But Siobhan says uh, they don't, people like that don't think they do poorly because they're narcissistic. And so they're going to see, they don't, they're not going to say anything wrong with their behavior. Tracy says, I'm going to ask Miss Universe head office. Uh, Alejandro said, sold to the only bidder. Yep. Jonathan says, the next Miss Universe is going to be interesting. The real women are going to have to work extra hard to compete with them. Lady boys next year. Um, I'm pretty sure that we're not going to have any transvestites in Cayman running for the pageant. But you know what? That's on dairy. I mean, if she she knows what what the rules of engagement are, for this pageant. And if she doesn't have an issue with that, then whatever. I mean, I don't particularly care. <laughs> Jonathan said, I'll wait for CMR to talk about it. I won't be watching it. Anthony says, so what happens now if there's another debacle and her name is tied to it fully outside of the government? Nothing. It's a privately owned franchise. So the government certainly can't do anything about it. And we can't have any ex- expectations that the government will have anything to do. What I think, um, and I've said this before, and it's unfortunate for the young ladies who are involved in the pageant world. But I think sometimes you've got to put your action where your mouth is. And um, I would not be going to this pageant under any circumstances. Um, you know, they can't probably get us to report very much on it either. Because I think that supporting this pageant in any way, shape or form, given what has transpired, would be a real disgrace. Go to Miss World. Pam is running a much more professional show over there. Uh, uh, Richard says government should be, should not be associated with a beauty pageant in any way. Well, now they no longer are, except offering a scholarship. Hmm. Live says, I wonder who would be the gullible contestants that would want to work with her. I mean, let's be very, very honest here. At the end of the day, um, quite frankly, I think that any young lady who is values herself, who gets involved in this pageant, would be devaluing her her self-worth and devaluing herself. So I wouldn't encourage anybody. So somebody said yesterday about my daughter. She was at the salon getting her hair done. That's always an ordeal, chill. But we have it down to a bit of a science now. And they said, oh, she's so beautiful. She's so pretty. Maybe she should run, you know, one day she'll be a Miss Cayman. I said, oh, please don't wish that on my child. Please don't wish that on my daughter. No, 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 no. I don't, I'm not interested in the pageant world like that, not at all. And I hope that my daughter never has that kind of interest. Every every young girl is into, oh, I'm a princess and you know, I'm the queen and whatever. You know, they have these fantasies. They watch these princess movies and so forth. But um, honestly, I would discourage her in any way that I can about getting involved in the world of pageants. Uh, and Siobhan says, if anyone is offended by my comment, well, if the cap fit, wear it. Um, 
Sue says it's sad, really. It was run good for years. Alejandra says, I agree, Sandy. Strong Will says Tiffany should go and work with her. Hmm. That would be an interesting combination. Uh, Siobhan continues to say she makes no apologies for her comments about narcissists. All right. Um, another person says Derry is a narcissist, just like her protege, Tiffany. These pageants attract a certain personality. Beauty pageants are Derry's claim to fame. Can she do anything else? Uh, and you know what? At least now the scholarship will be private or should be private and government should not be giving public monies on a scholarship to beauty queens. Wow. Hot mess. I will certainly send those comments through to the minister. I'll forward those to him. Another person makes the following comment. Three words. What a mess. Dairy sounds like she may need a mental tune-up. Oh, geez, in peace. Oh, my goodness. Lord have mercy. A lot of mercy. What a mess. Um, all right. <laughs> Let me give you all an update. <laughs> Jeez, I'm reading these comments, shaking my head. Yes, I'm coming to that one, the other scammer. So let me give y'all the latest information on um what's her name now? Judith Douglas. All right. So here's what we know. She appeared in court last week. She's due back on the 21st. She has, uh, hold on one second now. Give me one second. Okay, the investigation is progressing well. This is what the RCIPS gave us on Thursday. As of this evening, that was Thursday evening, 30 reports, 33-0 reports of fraud and deception have been made against Ms. Douglas and are all under investigation. At the time, Ms. Douglas was charged with five victim statements as five victim statements had been obtained and considered, which is a substantive reason for the reference to the referral of five charges. She appeared in the magistrate's court and was remanded in custody to appear again in magistrate's court on the 21st of March. Investigations continue and it is anticipated that additional charges will be referred as the investigation progresses. For the time being, any further victims should call the, um, FCIU, that's the Financial Crime Investigation Unit, to schedule an appointment to have their statement taken as all the investigators are out of office and inquiries. I'm not in a position to provide a SPOC. That was, um, I think, like a specific officer at this time. But as the investigation progresses, I will nominate an SPOC to assist contact with victims. And I hope this is of assistance. And that was from the director, I'm sorry, the commissioner of police. 30 reports as of Thursday. And I continue to receive more reports from people. Lord have mercy. <sighs> wow. Mm -mm -mm. Oh my goodness. Pageants were just for fun. Now it's like running for public office <laughs> by putting too much pressure on the contestant, says live. Um, Siobhan says, I was in a child pageant when I was younger and I was like first or second place, don't remember now, but would never go back into that world. Yeah, it's a lot of stress for, um, you know, kids and stuff too. Like I, I think basically judging people on their public, uh, their physical parents is something that I thought we were trying not to do. And that's why so many of our young people don't understand 
why it's important to to have substance to to accomplish things in life and to you know anyway let's talk a little bit about some um international and regional news that things that have been happening happening around the world so of course um there is something that was in circulation did you guys see this yesterday we just posted this up renee just put this up on the website Someone sent around, I'm going to share this with you because child, they had my heart beating a little bit extra hard yesterday. They sent around this um, post that was in circulation about how government was going to put all these changes in place. I don't know if you guys saw this, but let me, let me see if I can screen grab most of it. I think it's a bit large to screen grab all of it. But basically, it said that um, the government was going to be implementing certain, um, hold on one second. They were going to be implementing certain changes to the law, right? Now, this is kind of wild and and crazy. And when I read it, I thought, what? This doesn't make any sense. Of course, the people who forwarded it first said it was K-Man, and then they came back and said, Oh no, this isn't Cayman. Um, of course, you know, I had to message the government right away and say, hey, this is y'all. And they were like, no, absolutely not. All right, but li- listen to some of this. Listen to some of this now. Here we go. All right. So um, this said, here are some of the changes that the government is going to be putting before parliament. So this was being circulated, folks, on WhatsApp. Now, this just goes to show you how incredibly careful you have to be. Because things get circulated, people think that it's us. So this is what it said. Um, here are some of the new laws coming down, coming under the new computer misuse bill that will be going to Parliament next month. Number one, a person who uses a cell phone or an electronic device to record a fight of any kind is guilty of an offense and is liable in summary conviction to $5,000 or five years in prison or both. Number two, a person who uses a cell phone or any electronic device to record a police officer in the execution of their duties is guilty of an offense and is liable on summary conviction to $10,000 or five years in prison or both. Now, I got to tell you, I read to number two and I said, there's no way in hell. This doesn't make any sense. How can you say that you can't record a police officer in the commission of their duties? That is the very foundation upon which democracy is built. I, I was like, huh? That doesn't make any sense. I do not understand that. That's local. That's crazy. Hmm. I mean, it just was bizarre to me. You see a police officer in the execution of their duty in public, you have a right, sometimes an obligation. We've seen where that's led to successful convictions of police officers who are murdering innocent people because someone dared to actually record them. So when I saw that, I thought, oh God, I'm going to stop reading this because it seems like it's quite ridiculous. But it went on to make a number of other things that they claim is coming underneath the law. A person who wants to use a cell phone or other electronic device to carry out recordings of themselves that might contain misinformation to present that information to the public must first seek permission of the government information services. What? So you must seek GIS's permission. Again, doesn't really make any sense. Number four, 
a person who uses a cell phone. Um, hold on. A person who uses a cell phone or any electronic device without the permission of GIS, Government Information Service, to make any recordings of themselves that might carry misinformation is guilty of an offense and talks about that again. A person who records another person without their permission is guilty of an offense, liable in summary conviction. So there's like nine or 10 things here that they claim at first was our government. Well, I sent it to our government. They said, no, absolutely not. Then uh, a note came shortly after to say, oh, that was from Barbados. The Beijing government um, apparently had lost all their good senses and all their mind. I thought, hmm, it seems like this is really a step backwards. Even, I don't expect this even from people in Barbados. So likewise, it didn't make any sense. Well, lo and behold, CMR is on the job. <laughs> Come to find out, this is not true at all. This is a bit of fake news. Mm -hmm. We've corrected it. Fact versus fiction. Fake news. The Barbados Attorney General, Dave Marshall, has had to respond to this message because it was circulating all over the place. The man has actually said that this is completely false. There is no truth to it. What a hot mess. Can you imagine? Poor guy had to intercede and issue a public statement, I think on his Twitter or Instagram account or somewhere about not to believe this. So this is not true at all. Isn't that just crazy? Oh, oh my gosh. The, the ability for um, fake and misleading information to really be put out in the public is, um, is shocking. And, you know, so much time is spent trying to correct misinformation that... Um, what are you going to do except correct it and hope now that people will um, will stop circulating this kind of stuff. But, you know, people don't know and, um, you know, you don't know and you send it around. And uh, next thing you know, people are actually believing that somebody in the world was going to be uh, circulating this uh, or passing this legislation rather. And it's simply not true. Anyway, as though these governments don't have enough time to be focusing on other stuff, <laughs> we now see that, um, you know, they have to be trying to correct misinformation. Like we, we try to go to the source whenever possible and actually ask. But sometimes I find that when you can't identify, like people send you this and then they don't even tell you who it is, who it's from. And I'm like, mm, that's when I'm always suspicious. I'm like, who, who, the, what, what country this is? Because, um, of course, if, you know, I can't identify the source, then I can't, um, I can't say, you know, is this accurate information? So big shout out then to the, um, the Barbados government. Hmm. They have a cyber crime, a cyber crime statute. Um, that I think they're going to be doing some amendments to is a 2005 piece of legislation, but of course, none of it is, um, is related to that. So 
What a mess. All right. So I guess we're crystal clear on that, hopefully. All right. Um, so this bank collapsing, we have about 15 minutes left in the program. Let's talk about this bank collapse in the U.S. for a minute. This is actually quite a big deal. Um, it's the first bank that has collapsed in over a decade, the largest bank collapse, I should say, in over a decade. And folks, um, it's it's they've shut down now. The feds have taken and shut down another bank because um, this is going to have a trickle-down effect. Now, I was confused because this is a bank in um, Silicon Valley, failed on Friday. And quite frankly, there are a lot of uh, people who, you know, money, whose money's in this bank. You know, you have federal protection. I think it's $200,000 and, and below gives you federal protection. One of the interesting things about this, folks, is that there is a bit of a um, a question mark uh, around whether or not there this could have been visible? Like, could, could this have been predicted? Should they have been able to see this, et cetera, et cetera? So I was doing a little bit of research myself over the weekend. I'm obviously no banking expert here, folks. So I was trying to understand what happened. And it's a combination of a couple of different things. I want to show you guys this interview that I watched with one of the um, CEOs who actually pulled out their money. So listen, how this went down was this, they got a phone call from an investor and they said, pull out your money now. And they were like, huh? Pull out our money. And they were told, yes, pull out your money now because something's going on at the bank. Now, the um, quite interestingly enough, the CEO of the company, just a couple of the bank, a couple of weeks ago, I think, or within the last week, offloaded their shares to the tone of $3.4 million. Oh, it looks suspicious. It may not be. I think the for sure the authorities, the SEC and others in the US will undoubtedly um, be having a very, very close look at that transaction. Why did that transaction take place so close to this happening? Um, but the Silicon Valley Bank on Friday has now put $175 billion in customers' deposits under the regulator's control because they shut the bank down. The bank has failed. And this is the largest uh, bank failure since the financial crises back in 2008. So any customer with deposits of up to $250,000 insured by the FDIC, but the bank had a large number of accounts over that limit. And they say that there's no guarantee that those clients, which include small businesses, would receive their money in full. Now, I think that a second bank as of this morning has now been shut down as well. So regular, regulators closed another bank and they're saying that they're going to protect um, taxpayers who were not going to bear the cost. Well, I don't know who's going to bear the cost then, um, but this is quite interesting. And there could be other institutions that might be impacted because of the closure of these two banks. Hmm. 
Um, President Biden says he's firmly committed to holding those responsible for this mess fully accountable and to continuing our efforts to strengthen oversight and regulation of larger banks so that we are not in this position again. Hmm. So this other one is Signature Bank, I think is what it's called. And this marks the third significant bank failure within a week. So they had Silvergate, which is a California-based bank that made loans to cryptocurrency companies, announced last Wednesday that it would cease operations and liquidate its assets. Now, that one I'm not particularly surprised about because we know cryptocurrency has taken a, a dive big time, mostly because of fraud. All these people out there peddling, oh, become a cryptocurrency trader and this, that, and the next thing. I remember when people here were trying to get me involved in it, honey child. I'm a very conservative person when it comes to my money because I'm too poor for that. I'm too poor to be losing money I simply don't have. So they're like, oh, Sandy, you're an influencer. You can influence so many people to get on board. And when they were explaining to me how it works, my little brain is like, hmm, this sounds like a Ponzi scheme to me. Oh, you bring more people on board so that you can make more money and you can go up the pyramid. That's a Ponzi scheme. Call it whatever you want, cryptocurrency, Ponzi. You know, they come on all different shapes and forms. You only make money because of the fact that um, other people are signing up. And I'm like, these people don't understand anything about finance and cryptocurrency and all this kind of stuff. And I'm certainly no expert, so I'm not going to go out there promising these people all kind of return on their money. And, that oh, you just log into this website. It's so simple. This is how it's being sold to people. Oh, it's so simple. You just sign up and you log into this money and this app will do all the work for you. Yeah, well, now we find out that people are falsifying those apps and and selling cryptocurrency coins and, and Bitcoin pieces and all kind of foolishness that didn't even exist. How many of them have, have been you know, arrested and now prosecuted and all sorts of stuff for running fraudulent businesses surrounding cryptocurrency. If you don't understand something, folks, don't be jumping into it just because it's it's the hottest thing out there and everybody in their granny wants to be involved. That doesn't mean it's a good investment. No, sir. So the, the bank that closed, um, that, that does not surprise me, the cryptocurrency one. I'm surprised they lasted this long. Um, so the Fed is, Fed is going to announce an uh, emergency lending program. Because again, companies like Roku had over $500 million sitting in the bank. They didn't get their money out in time. I guess they didn't get the phone call. So listen to this. I want you all to listen to this interview from this woman who talks about the phone call that they got and how they picked up, they pulled out their money quick time. This bank collapsed since the 2008 financial crisis and it shut down today. It's called Silicon Valley Bank and it is one of the tech industry's largest lenders, also lends to individuals across the country. It is now under control of the federal government. It was a sudden implosion and it came after a run on deposits. Mm. So the bank stock lost 80% of its value this week, 60% in one day alone yesterday. This morning, shares halted. It was over quickly. And then police showed up at the bank headquarters in California today. You're looking mm. at that here. Customers reportedly even lined up at a bank branch on Park Avenue in New York City. Mm -hmm. The NYPD showed up there. Those customers demanding their deposits back. Mm. Now, to be clear, Silicon Valley Bank is a huge bank, and its customers include individuals as well as household names you may know, like Airbnb, Pinterest, Cisco. And this is a way bigger story. 
entire banking industry is feeling the impact. U.S. banks at one point had lost over $100 billion in stock market value in just two days. And there are fears now that this could spread beyond banking to other parts of the economy. This is like the SNL crisis in the 80s. We're not talking about a failure of this bank, but that banks could, you know, fail. So that's then, that's, then, that's then not off the, the question. The, this is clearly an example of something breaking. We can assume that there's serious contagion here. Mm. Okay, serious so when you contagion. use the word contagion, it begs mm. the question, why could this happen at other banks? Well, for one basic reason, Silicon Valley Bank was doing what a lot of other banks are doing right now. Mm-hmm. SVB took customer deposits, and they went and invested that money in other things like U.S. government debt and mortgages. And Now pay attention, because this is what banks do, folks. They take your money and they do invest it, or they loan it out to other people, whatever. So pay attention. We're part of the banking world here in the Cayman Islands. They had been doing that for quite a while. Well, when the Fed started to hike rates aggressively, that meant that Silicon Valley Bank immediately lost money on those investments. And at the very same time as they were losing money, As interest rates rose, those bank customers, those depositors, they needed to withdraw more money. So SVB started to sell assets, losing money just to raise the money, needed to make good on deposit withdrawal requests. Mm -hmm. And then that turned into a spiral of fear and a race among customers to withdraw assets, the run on the bank. And yesterday afternoon, the CEO of Silicon Valley Bank, his name is Greg Becker, hosted a call with clients and said, quote, my ask is to stay calm because that's what's important. We have been long-term supporters of you. The last thing we need you to do is panic. Well, when that's the ask as a bank, you're toast. And one person familiar with the situation Mm -hmm. asking me the hypothetical question tonight, what prevents runs on a whole bunch more banks next week? Mm. Unclear. It is an important moment. And tonight, the Deputy Treasury Secretary, Wally Adeyemo, is trying to calm fears in an exclusive interview with CNN. Federal regulators are paying attention to this um, particular financial institution and that when we think about the broader... Now, y'all see that? The CEO sold $3.5 million plus in stocks days before the bank collapsed. And then he has the audacity to be emailing his clients to asking them to stay calm. Well, if you're asking them to stay calm and don't take a run on the bank and withdraw their money, why are you selling uh, $3.5 million in stock? You must stay calm and hold your position, but you see... He got more sense and he's trying to protect himself. They better dig into that transaction a little bit deeper, folks. This is what these people do. Financial system, um, we're very confident in the ability in the resilience of the system. Allison Greenberg is out front. She is the CEO of Ruth Health. It's a maternity care startup that has money deposited in Silicon Valley Bank. So, Allison, thank you very much for being with me. So you are right in the middle of this. Um, Let's just start with when you realized you're a startup, you've got money at this bank, you're using that money to make payroll and other things. When did you find out something was wrong? So my co-founder, Audrey Wu, and I received an email from one of our seed investors. Um, The email seemed cryptic. It was strange. It was urgent. Uh, It was not like the other emails he sends. And we were in meetings, you know, we run a busy maternal health startup. We have so many concerns every day that this email just didn't make sense. So a few hours later, I called the investor and I said, hey, what was this email about? He was out of breath, like he had just run a marathon. And he said, take your money out of SBB, go into your account, take your money out as soon as possible. And, you know, as a business owner, my co-founder, Audrey, and I constantly think about two things. We think about our team, 
the people we employ and their families, and we think about our patients, the mothers, the new moms, and the families that we support and their families. Mm -hmm. And so for us, it was do this now or else. Okay, and this was what, yesterday or the day before? This was yesterday between the hours of noon and 3 p.m. Okay, yesterday between the hours of noon and 3 p.m., you get this. So then you you do it. You go and you, re- and, and, and how does that happen? They, they actually give you the money? I mean, these are the three hours before the world fell apart. So what happened then? Well, we were incredibly lucky to have that news early from an investor. Um, we didn't withdraw the money immediately. You know, we're conscientious business owners. We spoke to a few other investors. We spoke to friends. I mean, this is like calls going off the hook for the last 36 hours. When we felt confident that this was going to be a crisis, Audrey acted fast. And this is the kind of fear that actually incites focus. We withdrew the money through transfers and wires as soon as possible. I mean, she was withdrawing small amounts, big amounts, just to not set off an AI that might limit our withdrawals. And we were able to remove, this was not our only bank account, but we were able to remove the majority of the funds so that what was left when the website crashed was below the $250,000 FDIC. Right. So you have money there. And I know for the, and the FDIC, in terms of because the amount, I mean, obviously you had a lot more than that there. You were able to get that out. The amount that you have that's insured now by the FDIC, the $250,000, your understanding is you're going to get that pretty much right away. Mm-hmm. What we're hearing is by Monday. Okay. So that, that, I think that should give people calm. The FDIC, if you're under the limit, um, it gives you, is, is, holding, is holding strong on this. So Barron's is reporting that the CEO, Greg Becker, I just mentioned him. I know you weren't on that call, but he had that call, um, that he sold nearly $3.6 million in stock less than two weeks ago. That's obviously worth zero mm-hmm. tonight. I mean, I know you don't necessarily know this. I mean, imagine, folks, how lucky she was to be able to transfer the vast majority of their money so that they could continue to make payroll and continue to make their financial obligations. They get 200,000 protection from the FDIC. Anybody who's got more than that in there, there's a real question mark about how many of that, um, you know, they'll be able to get full access to immediately or what, what it is that they'll need. It's a hot mess of a situation, folks, but we'll keep you guys updated for sure. Um, we've got our evening, our evening news, our morning news now. Um, available. Let me just go ahead and cue that up. Folks, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Uh, very lively um, discussion as always. So yeah, somebody said, so she was tipped off. Yes, she got a phone call. People were talking. There was buzz, literal, literal buzz all around the place today. And people are saying, get your money out. Ooh, honey, chill. Scary. Um, but yes, they they were told Go, get your money and run, essentially. Mm-mm-mm. And you see, when she got the phone call, she wasn't even taking it all that serious at first. She was like, mm, take my money. Uh, let me make a phone call. Let me think about it. And when she heard the urgency in that man's voice, he was like, get your money. Get your money out now. One of her investors. Good thing they listened. All right, folks, here's the news. And next up, we're going to live stream the parliament, the youth parliamentarians, so you can hear them participating. Hello, I'm Kevin Watler and this is your CMR Daily Buzz. Here's a summary of some of Cayman's latest headlines. 
In a move that has been questioned by many, the Miss Cayman Islands Committee has been granted the Miss Universe local franchise. Last month, the Ministry of Tourism announced that it will give up the franchise following controversy regarding the crowning of a contestant who faced criminal charges. Police are investigating an incident where a man fired a single shot at another man on Thursday. Shortly before 10.40, officers responded to Eastern Avenue in the vicinity of Shedden Road. It was reported that a man had been approached by another man known to him and fired a single shot. No one was injured. The 2023 Youth Parliament opening ceremony at the House of Parliament begins at 10.30 today. The youth parliamentarians are going to be debating two very serious topics, implementing a new public transportation system in the Cayman Islands and implementation of a progressive income tax system in the Cayman Islands. Now for your CMR weather update, it's brought to you by WG Charters, sunrise at 6.35, generally sunny skies are expected when the temperature is at 83 degrees Fahrenheit and the humidity at 69% like the forecast calls for, it will feel like it's in the high 80s. Winds south-southeast at 10 to 20 miles per hour and the sun sets at 6.34. At nighttime, the temperature falls to the mid-70s. Looking forward, similar weather conditions are expected for the next couple days, but winds do pick up later this week. If you would like to know more on any of these stories, visit caymanmallroad.com or follow Cayman Mall Road on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. That's it for now on A Daily Buzz. Thank you for joining me. Please stay safe and God bless.